Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Round and Tile podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. Why are you laughing? Um, because I was going to point out that we have 87 episodes <laughs> when we, we had just discussed how... Last episode we have 86, can you believe it? Yeah. Can you believe it's one more episode than two weeks ago? Crazy. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, this episode of Round and Tile podcast we're calling A Pirate's Life for Me, as we'll be sharing impressions of uh, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. Which both released a month. And yesterday. Yeah, it was on 3DS about a month ago, and the Wii U, just just the other day on Christmas, as a little gift from way forward to everyone, a, a gift that you pay for. But either way, so we're going to be sharing pressures of that, and Jose has dabbled in an exciting new genre of baby-raising game. So we're going to be talking about the demo version of must-play title... Oh, I don't remember what it's called. It's I Love a, My Little Girl. That's what it is, I Love My Little Girl. From the makers of I Love My Little Boy and I Love My Horse. Because clearly babies and horses totally the same in every possible way. Yeah, that competition for Imagine Babies, Imagine... Yeah, there's like, there's literally a... Neck and neck. There's literally like a blossoming, like, baby simulation genre. Which is weird, though. Like, I can understand pets, but raising human simulators... uh, It's a little strange. It's weird. But you'll have plenty to say about that, I'm sure, when we get to it a little later. I guess you could compare it to the Baby Alive, the actual baby raising Yeah, toy. I wonder if they're actually made for high school kids that are supposed to learn how to raise a child. Which, by the way, I always thought that was the weirdest thing. Like, here, take care of this doll that will shoot water at you once a day. Like, no. Yeah, like... We're not supposed to be know. learning how to be a parent in high school. It, it, it really does, like... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, take your time. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I'm, like, laying out such an easy word. Um, I don't know, I guess it encourages stereotypes when you're giving a little girl a baby to raise. Oh, uh, yeah. From the very beginning, she's pretty much taught, like, oh, I'm gonna... She's so stay-at-home I... mom. This is a very weird start <laughs> to our podcast, but you know what? It's the end of the year. We don't care anymore. No, but honestly, it is the end of the year. And what that means is, in addition to those game impressions at the end of the show, we're also doing our game of the year picks. So, Jose and I will share our top picks for Wii, 3DS, Indie, tell you what games we enjoyed the most, because clearly you care. But before all that... And while Elvis is not here, he did leave with us his picks. So we can just list them off with no information as to why or what rhyme or reason there is. He he did say why. That's true. Okay, you can cover his. Uh, For those who don't recall, because he hasn't been here in a while, Elvis is our occasional third chair. And because we can, or at least Elvis and I can, we're also just going to throw in our favorite non-Nintendo games. Because we do know that some of you have other consoles that aren't Nintendo. You're not all like me. Who only have a Nintendo console and don't and have trouble even just playing that as much as you should. So, <laughs> so but no. We, before we get to all that, there's actually news to discuss. So um, as what? always, what? Yeah, you wouldn't think over Christmas oh, there'd man. be no news, but uh, yeah, I know it's there's actually news. So um, no, I mean it's getting hot. Yeah. Well, you okay? For those who don't know, it's the coldest day in LA right now. This is the worst intro. This is the worst story I've ever had in a podcast. For those who don't know, it's freezing in LA right now. And by freezing, I mean it's like 54. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, we can't take much. And he is wearing, I kid you not, but when we started, he was wearing three layers. Or no, four layers. He's down to two layers. In the span of these three minutes, we've been talking about nothing. But no, seriously, we have a... So if you hear him shedding well, so, clothes... So four or, layers on right now. Oh, so you're up to six layers and you're down to four. Yeah, I mean, I just took off this thick blanket and a scarf and a hat. But I'm still wearing a beanie and other warm things yeah by the way if, if people weren't aware this is no longer the Rantown podcast this is the parenting and suited for heat podcast where we talk about clothing for both your child and yourself <laughs> if it was a lot colder I would have been so ready you would have you would have but in a stable environment I guess it just gets hotter and hotter as time goes on 
Well, anyway, seriously, we do have actual Nintendo things to talk about. For those of you who stuck out those four minutes, thank you. I don't know how you did it. Uh, you deserve a round of applause. But no, there is a lot of news to discuss. So, um, Mimo did some interviews. There's some new game stuff, Amiibo stuff. Oh, the hat's coming off. Hat's off, folks. His hat's off. Beanie's off. So, um, yeah, there's timestamps for Amtown.com, episode 87. We have timestamps for everything. So, if you're tired of hearing us talk about Jose's clothing, you can jump straight to Miyamoto's stuff, which, coincidentally, we're going to jump into right now. So, with that said, Miyamoto. So Miyamoto was meeting fans in LA, but not what we expected. Or yeah, wanted, so actually. Nintendo tweeted like Miyamoto's having breakfast before meeting fans. I'm like, oh my god, Miyamoto, I'm gonna meet Miyamoto. And then uh, yeah, then he met YouTube personalities. It was kind of unexpected, kind of unusual, but Nintendo flew him out specifically to go meet some of the big YouTube personalities. So he met with uh, Nerdy Nummies, which has like three million followers. He met with uh, I Justine, which has like two point seven million followers. Both those videos are live, and they're pretty long interviews that are mainly a preview of 2015 for people presumably who don't know much about Nintendo but follow these celebrities celebrities YouTube personalities uh, and then he, but he also met with the Smosh guys who are a little more gamer centric and they I believe their video is going up on the 5th of January so we'll have a summary of that next episode but it's surprising that even though these were very like oh hey you might not know but Nintendo has games in 2015 here they are he actually revealed some new stuff specifically Whoa. I Justine who's surprisingly a super good interviewer like, she was, I don't know if you watched it, I watched the whole thing, and she's like, she's on top of it. I, I was impressed. I just, yeah. Anyway, so, um, the biggest thing he announced, probably the, like, uh, yeah, actually, the, the first thing that really he, the only thing he confirmed, like, fully confirmed, is that, uh, Mario Maker, and this was to iJustine, that Mario Maker will, in fact, have an online sharing ability for its level making. Which everyone suspected was the case. Nintendo refused to say it was the case, but now we know it is, in fact, the case. So what he didn't say is exactly how it's going to work. All he says, go, you can rank by popularity, and that there's going to be a way to, I'm just going to say what he said, see what happens when other people play your course. Which sounds to me like they're retrofitting Mario Kart TV for level playing, but who knows what that means. It could mean local only. He didn't say that was necessarily online. It could mean friends only, which would make sense, send little videos back and forth or it could mean you're gonna get bombarded and you can view any video of anyone playing your stage ever which would again just be mario kart tv retrofitted to be mario maker like they have the technology that'd be pretty cool yeah i mean i think that'd be super cool but um but i guess it should come in no surprise after every single mario game that ha- well quote-unquote mario game that has a level editor has always been shareable just like right mario vs donkey kong mario vs. yeah the, the structure that sounds identical to mario vs donkey kong where you browse like the popularity rankings look at the specific you know stage or two that interests you but they only show you like the top 50 and then there's friend sharing i imagine it'd be similar to that and i imagine there's gonna be a me verse hook of some sort but we just see what they do i still hope like any sort of feedback like this is definitely video not video feedback video playback is definitely good because it does add more to the game. Like, you're completing the feedback loop, so to speak. Like, you know, it's not just like, I'm throwing a level out there. It's like, oh, people are having trouble here. Let me adjust my level. So that's already more engaged with the game than you would be. Patches by the Patches by the the people for the people. America. Freedom. The interview. Now in theaters. But, uh, yeah. So, I think that whole loop is going to help make the game have more replayability. But I still feel like it's missing something. We talked about this last episode a little. But, like... It needs a puzzle mode or some sort of, like, beat the level with only five adjustments. You know, something beyond just make a level, share a level, get feedback, make a level, share a level, get feedback. So, I mean, we'll see. It's still pretty early on. There's no release date for the game. It's just 2015. Sounds like a bunch of other stuff is coming out first, like Kirby and Yoshi. So it might be farther out, which means they have time to, you know, build out as necessary. But we will see. 
The other... What? No, I said we will. We will. I'm interested in that game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you in particular would be super interested because you like, you're super creative. I'm not very creative. Quite frankly, I have no idea how much I'm going to play that game because I'm just not a creative person. Like, I'd rather play things that are there than create my own things. Like, I barely use the Smash Bros. level editor. I mean, you already made Smash Ball. No, well, I I took the other thing that was already made, and I like to think I improved on it. We Like, Elvis, between Elvis and I, we created a stage on it's kind of our own take on smash kabom because most smash kabom stages still leave the bottom open right but we've adjusted it to leave pretty much we made it impossible to die any other way except for that cannons for those who don't know what we're talking about we did i think we touched on it last episode but smash kabom is a mode in custom level in the custom level builder where basically you make it so the only way to die as it says there's one cannon on each side kind of like basketball hoops and you have to launch your enemy into said cannon Sometimes you play with Jigglypuff or Kirby as the ball. Sometimes you just have a fourth person who's fighting alone against a team of three play. Either way, it works. Either way, it's super fun. And then make sure they don't fly off stage with cannons lining the roof or lining the top. Yeah. So, so for those who have no idea what we're talking about, it's actually really fun. We played it for like two hours the other day. Yep. It is, it's it's it super is. fun. So, so see, that's where creativity, like, I can't do I would never, like, in Mario Maker, people are going to come up with the craziest stuff. I guarantee someone's going to make, like, hey, look, it's, uh... It's a level from Sonic recreated within Mario Maker. I'm sure, they're, we're going to see a lot of like, oh, here's the level from that Mario game. Here's a little big. Here's a level I made in Little we're Big Planet now entire, in Mario Maker. We're going to see every single Mario level, well, to the best extent that Mario Maker allows, yeah. up there. Yeah, and of course they won't look like a Sonic or a Little Big Planet level or whatever, but they'll play like it. It'll be the same. Oh layout. man, if someone makes a Little Big Planet level, that's just going full circle. I know that's what I'm saying, but uh, but yeah, like I would never do that, but I'd happily play those levels. So so I'm hoping there's something, some more game elements at least for me personally. Um, in other I just seen interview news, Miyamoto also touched on Star Fox and Zelda for Wii U. So uh, he didn't say a whole lot, but he did reconfirm that Star Fox is coming out first, and the game is going to use the concept they first teased at E3, which means the TV is going to have a cinematic third-person view of the battle or the action or the level or whatever, and then the cockpit will be on your gamepad, and you have to play by kind of managing both views. So you know someone's going to be stuck behind you, for example. And everybody like, help me, I'm behind you. And you look on a TV and you're like, oh, that's where they are. And then you look at your gamepad and you steer it around and go get them or whatever. So it's not true Star Fox, but Mimo's personally involved in the project. He said he's working hands-on with it, kind of like he does with Pikmin, opposed to supervising like with a Mario game. So it should hopefully be good. He still has a magic touch, I like to think. But uh, that's all I had to say about Star Fox. Really, On the Zelda front, though, he kind of discussed the general gameplay for that title, and um, I should say about Star Fox, actually, before I get to Zelda. Can we just have a normal Star Fox? Like, I feel like every Star Fox has some sort of... This one sounds like it could be the most normal re- of recent memory, but, like, the 3D... The DS one was, like, an, a real-time strategy game, sort of. The uh, Adventures, obviously, was, like, a Zelda game. There was Assault, which was normal Star Fox, plus some other stuff, which I know you really liked, Jose. And then I guess there was Star Fox 64 3D, which was just 64. Yeah, but that doesn't Again. count. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we just have... It, it sounds like Star is Fox he... is going through Sonic Syndrome. It's going through Kirby Syndrome, where they keep experimenting well, with it. Or actually, no, Sonic's well, no, 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 because yeah. like, cause Kirby, like, he still has his own games that come out, I would say, pretty consistently. Like, the only like, canon games. Yeah. But then, in addition, he also has spin-off games. While Sonic, on the other hand, every single game that comes out is way different from the last, for the That's most true. part. Like, they never really give him a chance to... Actually, well, I guess Sonic Team doesn't really give Sonic a chance to get, I don't know, used to a different 
Well, get used to a genre and then just improve on it. That's true. Because, like, I mean, they, they briefly did. Yeah, like, that's, a, yeah. Well, like, 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 the closest thing was um, Colors to Generations, yeah. which led to Generations being a really, really good game, because Colors was already pretty uh-huh. good. No, then, wait, no, it went the other way. Okay. Or, no, you're right. Yeah, Colors right. came out first. And, or, or like, uh, Sonic and the Black and the... Sonic, Sonic and the Secret, Secret Ring led to Sonic and the Black Sword, and it was going to be part of the storybook series. It was going to be three games, and they just never made the third. They yeah, just and Sonic and the Black Knight, like, I haven't played it, but I mean, like, or I've Black heard, Knight, yeah, not yeah, Black but Sword. I, but I've heard pretty good things about it. But then yeah. they went straight to Sonic Lost World, which kind of turned everything around a little. Like, yeah. yeah. A reboot it, yeah. for no reason. Yeah, it even just changed how you make Sonic run. I mean, not that it was a bad game, but I mean, this was a good idea, too, but instead of sticking with it, now they're going to... Sonic Boom. Yeah, Sonic Boom. Which is like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you have a point. Yeah, I guess in a way, Star Fox is Nintendo Sonic, just without quite the severity of disappointment that <laughs> Sonic leads to, for some. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, like, if they just stuck to one type of gameplay, I'm sure Sonic would get... I mean, some Sonic games... Well, yeah, because you could yeah. iterate on it and make it better, yeah, opposed to like rebooting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could, could learn from your mistakes instead of just making new mistakes. Yep. But, yeah, I guess with Star Fox, it's not quite that severe. And I, you could argue that what... Miyamoto's planning is kind of a return to form. It's just how you control it is different. Like with DS Star Fox, for example, command? it was yeah Command and uh, oh, it was just Command, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Command is like full on like a weird Advance Wars light when you're in between levels, and then suddenly you're flying around like normal. But then you went back to this weird. Like I liked it a lot, but it wasn't Star Fox in the traditional sense. So so we'll see what happens with this. The controls are. I'm cautiously optimistic, but also a little worried. I'll just put it that way. All those alternate endings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Star Fox Command was weird because it, like, had, like, seven different... No, like, 17 or something different Add endings. And they all did all didn't mesh with each other. Sometimes Fox would marry Crystal and they would have a kid. And Spoiler he would, alert. And he would, like, lead on his own Star Fox team. Where I think Slippy was, like, the, the senior. You know, no. Oh, that's, that oh, team's gonna fail. Oh, Falco was the senior. Okay, there we go. And then if the, Slippy's in charge of a team, that team might as well just disband. And then there was another <laughs> universe where, I guess, Fox and Crystal didn't get married, and Crystal joined Star Wolf. Oh, I remember that one. And then yeah. her and Wolf hooked up, and and Fox oh. and Fox uh, cried himself to sleep for a year. It was a really sad ending. Really sad. But no, uh, yeah, that, that game, I feel like that game's right, the end of the... one where Fox and Falco joined the F-Zero Grand Prix. Oh, that's right, I remember that, yeah, yeah. Well, they always had that weird crossover between the two, yeah, like James, James McLeod, yeah, yeah. yeah, who is human, except when he's not. He's human in, in F-Zero, he's not human in Star Fox, but he's the same person, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, I guess he's one of, I guess he's a Tanuki or something, <laughs> where he could transform back and forth. Well, using um, the Wolf Among Us logic, there's a spell that could turn you to make you look human called Glamour, so it gets glamoured up. Clearly, Nintendo, yeah, clear. Yeah, clear, yeah. Because clear Nintendo in pre Wolf Among Us <laughs> days, right? You know what we should do? Go to the future, steal Telltale's great idea, bring it back in time. Oh, no, the, um, that game was based off of Fables, a DC oh, well, never property mind that I honestly don't know how old it is. Oh, well, then maybe Nintendo did just rip off DC. Maybe. Who knows? By the way, clothing update I've now unzipped my jacket because it's getting warmer in here. So Jose's not the only one that's wearing layers. You did need to know. By the end of the show, we're both going to be basically in our underwear and it's going to be really awkward. I don't even know why I said that. Anyway, Zelda. <laughs> um, so the other game Emo talked about was Zelda, and he did talk about kind of general gameplay stuff a bit. Um, last episode, was like, you made a really good point. That, like, what if this Zelda was kind of like a return to form to the NES one, like super open-ended, super open world? That's basically what they're doing. Mimo said that, um, well, he said two things. First, he did say that it is going to be a lot like the original. He was um, telling the Associated Press with this uh, in an interview, which I think... It's weird. It's like ABC News reported, but it was Associated Press who did it, but no one else had it. 
so I guess it's ABC. I don't know whose interview it is, but he was telling them that the idea is to make the open world a lot like the original NES Zelda, where you may have um, an idea of where you need to go, but what you choose to do along the way, you know, you may, you may be like, I'm going over here, as they showed in the video demo, but then along the way you'll get sidetracked by this and the next thing, and you can choose to be sidetracked, or you could choose to just go complete the original mission. And the idea of that is that they want the game to not necessarily be as much of a time sink as other console Zeldas. Miyamoto was saying to uh, iJustine that they're hoping to have it kind of be more of a more adapted to the current lifestyle where people will play for a little bit, then go do something else, then come back and play. That doesn't mean it's gonna not be hard. That, that doesn't mean lame. it's not. No, no, it doesn't mean it's not gonna be hard. It doesn't mean it's not gonna be. Um, because... It's not gonna be complicated. What it means is, from my understanding of it, which if you match it up with the Associated Press interview, what it means to me is you can choose to do a bunch of side quests and spend six hours collecting happy masks or whatever for the happy mask salesman. Or you can go straight to the dungeon. We're just giving you more of those choices. It's going to be like a link between worlds, where it's like you can go here, you can go here, you can go here, or you can do this, this, and this. However much time you have and how much time you want to spend dictates what you want to do. More yeah, so than like. I mean, if he's changing the game to adapt to current lifestyle, there you can only play for a little bit of time. No, 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 no. Kinda... They're changing it so that there's a way for you to only play for a little bit of time. So not they're not making it so you have to. They're making well, it so either that way, there's an out if you want it. Meaning well, you I mean, go do this or you go do that or in, you do both. But I mean, either way, like it still sounds like um, you can't assume, or I guess he is assuming that no matter who you are, you probably you can't play forever or you can't play for right. like a, a, a long amount of time. So I mean, obviously this could not happen, but I'm just I just have um, a nagging feeling. Resident Evil Revelations in mind. Like, yeah, kind of a nagging feeling that um, the overall time for objectives in general may be decreased. So you might may, be right. So maybe either like dungeons may not take as long, like things may not be as long. If they model it after Link Between Worlds, you're probably right because that one had short dungeons for sure. Yeah, cause which I, personally I really liked. I love a Link Between which, Worlds. Which I don't know. I mean, I feel like that kind of structure really works for a handheld console. Like even Resident Evil Revelations. Like even though I played it, right? Like. For hours on yeah. end, like it was episodic, and like every mission was short. But since you, but you could play it back to back, and it still kind of worked. But for a Zelda game, oh. well, I mean, again, I think. I, I mean, like, obviously, this is all speculation. Yeah, and as I say, I feel like when Miyamoto says these things, people pick them apart a lot, us included. He's probably just like, yeah, you have options. That's probably all he means. Like you, you could play a little, you could play a lot. There's things to do. I mean, if it makes you so feel better, changed. if it makes you feel better, what? I mean, I could literally pause at True. any point in any point of any True. dungeon. Of any Wait, game. Then, 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 then what the heck? I mean, <laughs> like, they shouldn't really have to cater to anybody because you could pause and you could stop playing whenever ah, you Ah, but want. the Wii U turns itself off after an hour. You could change that saying, but by default it turns off. So you don't want you to just pause and walk away. What if it you... turns off after an hour? The Wii U? Are you just going to leave it on for a whole hour? If you're pausing the game, yeah. No, I mean, like, if you're done playing, it should, like, it normally doesn't, no matter what game you're playing on any console, it normally doesn't matter when you're done because you just pause it and just continue later. Oh, you mean you save and quit, yeah. Yeah, save and quit. Yeah, but Zelda used to have save points, for example. So you had to go to a certain point. They might, for example, no, have an insta-save. Z- Zelda, from what I remember, always had a save button. Like, when we got a save button, they all had a save. The but only, the but only... they plop you down in predetermined points based on where you saved. Yeah. Like, if you're halfway through a dungeon, they'll put you at the beginning of the dungeon. Yeah, but Granted, they... your stuff is unlocked, but you have to walk Yeah, like, um, yeah but, I mean, still. Yeah. You but... made it like an instance suspend. This is such a nitpickery... But I mean, but, it's like running through like half the dungeon really that big. Oh, and even then, they always have those pots that let you teleport to where true. you were. Well, who knows what he's saying, It's like man. they're creating problems that aren't there just to make it sound course, better. To make it sound like they're making changes. Well, here's a real change well, I mean, that you could quantify. I mean, with, like, like, I, guess it's, I guess I'll draw in people that normally don't play the game. They're like, oh, yeah. they made it for me. And more to the point, here's something that may quant- that's actually quantifiable and you may actually like. It's going to be huge. 
the overworld is huge. Each area of the overworld, they're aiming to have be the size of the entire Twilight Princess overworld. And that includes things to do within it, not just an empty overworld. So, there's that. That, I think, mirrors the old NES game a little more, where it's like, wherever you go, it's just giant open space, but there are always things to do. So, so maybe that's better for you? That make you happier? No, I don't know why I'm trying to sell the game to you, but... The size of the overworld is kind of a non-issue for me. Like, yeah. I don't really care how big or small right, it is. Right, right. I mean, again, I, I kind of like the sound of this because I really like Link Between Worlds. Possibly because it's, it's one of the only Zeldas I actually beat all the way through. And also simply because I really like the game. Like, I just I just like it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this a lot. I, I like the sound of it, but I do... You make some very valid points, yeah. For sure. Um, but that that's Zelda. <laughs> no, uh, one other thing he said about Zelda and uh, Star Fox, actually, is that, again, he says to I just need... No, okay, first of all, I feel bad for... Uh, nerdy nummies because it's a cooking show about little treats that oh. are video game themed and she got talk the girl who runs them blanking out on her name but she first of all she's really good at cooking treats and secondly because it was a cooking show they didn't really do like in-depth stuff so yes Mimo did talk to her and they had a whole thing but uh yeah we don't have news for it from it so the other news from I Justine though I just felt bad that we're like ignoring nerdy nummies completely those cake pops look really good though um the other thing he says I just seen is that Star Fox and Zelda on Wii U will both support Amiibo. Which I think everyone saw coming. I mean, I think it's safe to say at this point that every single first-party game going forward is going to support Amiibo. Because we already know Kirby and the Rainbow Curse does. We already know Mario Party 10 does. We already know Yoshi's Woolly World does. We know Captain Toad's about to get patched with it at some point. So it's kind of par for the course that everyone's going to support. And naturally, Amiibo wouldn't say what the Amiibo support would would be, but he did kind of downplay it a bit, at least the way I interpreted what he said. Because he <laughs> said, he didn't go like, yeah, he didn't go like, we're going to have this great idea for Amiibo. He's like, yeah, we plan to do something. Like, that's not really hyping it. That's almost like... They probably haven't even thought about it yet. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking it's going to be more, it's not going to be like a big game changer. It's probably going to be something like Mario Kart or Hyrule Warriors where it gives you rupees or it gives you a costume or it gives you an item. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'd be fine if everything was costumes. Yeah, I mean, the way that Nintendo seems to be approaching it in general seems to be, like, their bonuses, not core things. Because he was saying, to, in that Associated Press interview, Mimo was saying that, like, future games are going to include Amiibo as, as he put it, a or Amiibo support, as he put it as a, quote, present to those who bought the figurines. So it's not even like Nintendo's like, oh, we have to integrate them in some key way. It's like, oh, some people bought them, maybe we should give them yeah, something. Smash Bros. is the only one, I guess, that... That, more th- yeah, there'll, there'll be other games, because he did say that like they're going to do cards and they're looking into other sorts of Amiibo product that will integrate with games more tightly, but in terms of just like the figurines that are currently out there, it's going to be like, here's a pat on the back because he bought it, and here's a Mario costume. I mean, we're seeing it with Kirby now. They just announced in Japan on Christmas that Kirby and the Rainbow Curse um, is going to support the Kirby Amiibo, naturally, Meta Knight Amiibo, and King DDD Amiibos to give power-ups to Kirby. So if you scan Kirby in... Then Kirby himself... Wait, that sentence makes sense. If you scan Kirby, then the in-game Kirby gains the ability to have an infinite uh, star dash. So you can just constantly be running, essentially. Huh, that's if you get, It sounds like a game breaker, right? Yeah. If you get Meta Knight... <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you get Meta Knight... Oh, this game's going to be really easy. Dude, the game's already going to be pretty easy. It's only 29 stages and 40 challenges. Wow. It's not, I mean, it's going to be budget-priced. It sounds like it's only going to be 40 bucks, as we, I think, talked about on the show before. But, um, yeah, 29 stages, 40 challenges, Amiibo support. Multiplayer Infinite Star Dash. <laughs> Infinite Star Dash. Uh, if you're Meta Knight, maybe you'll prefer Meta Knights. If you're Meta Knight, you get a neat little Meta Knight mask on your Clay Kirby. And you get an attack boost. Another way to cheat the game. And if you're King DDD, you get a little beanie like King DDD wears on your Clay Kirby. And a health boost. 
In other words, these are helping you win the game, an already easy game, most likely. Can you only have one at a time? Or yes, can I... you can only have one at a time. It's like Mario Kart, where you pick your It's costume. funny, this actually seems like a downgrade from... Well, yeah, it's, it actually seems like a downgrade from Canvas Curse, where you can actually play as multiple characters. Yeah, yeah. And DDD... Like, well, I mean, maybe they haven't slow. announced things yet. Like, DDD was big and slow, and he used his hammer. Meta Knight was really fast, and he would, like, cut people... But keep in mind, they haven't actually announced the full game yet, in the sense of they said, here's how Amiibos work with Kirby. For all we know, Amiibos will also work with the Meta Knight and with the DDD in the game, and they just won't. Like, when you scan Kirby as Kir- with Kirby, God, this, this makes no sense. When you take the Kirby Amiibo, and you put it in the game, and you're playing as Kirby, he doesn't have a special costume, because he's already Kirby. Which makes me think they could very easily do that for Meta Knight, DDD, Waddle Dee, whoever else. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. Can the Waddle Dees get Amiibos support? I guess Amiibo not, because I guess it's always going to be a Kirby. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of lame. The Waddle Dees really are just like second fiddle. Players two through four don't get much. But uh, but yeah, the, the point is... They get to play. <laughs> yeah. They, they get, you get the privilege of at least being in the game. But uh, yeah, but my point was that um, now more than ever, it really seems like Nintendo's Amiibo plan is not to do like big things, but to have like physical DLC. Like instead of downloading a code... You scan a little figurine that you spent 14 bucks on, and boom, there's your DLC. Or your little cheat unlock. At least the Amiibos themselves are really, really cool. They are. And I mean, the, the approach to this is actually very smart. It's very, like, Nintendo thing to do. Because, like, you know, most only Nintendo would be like, how can we Nintendoize downloadable content? You know, like, how can we Nintendoize microtransactions? That's really what it is. Oh, here's what we'll do. We'll charge them a whole lot up front, 14 bucks for a piece of plastic. That looks really nice. And then they can just keep getting free microtransactions off that piece of plastic. That's essentially all it is. <laughs> like it's kind of it's kind of a smart strategy. until they get about fourteen dollars worth, and then we'll stop. And then they'll stop. And I mean, third parties are hopping in on this too. We mentioned in the past that Ace Combat Plus for the new 3DS, you can unlock skins for the Jet, like paint jobs. I mean, One Piece, you can now One Piece. Oh, what is it called? One Piece Super Grand Battle X, also for the new 3DS in Japan. You can now unlock full Nintendo character outfits for the people in One Piece. I mean, mon- like value wise on what like we've gotten so far, I like, think it's worth like like, like just based on. I guess other like just competition prices. Yeah. Because obviously Nintendo hasn't really just been up front with how much they would charge for the Mario costumes for Mario Kart if they were to sell them individually. Right. Like a pack like that you'd probably have to pay like five ninety nine for. Yeah, I mean you could kinda of judge it based off how much like the uh Hyrule Warrior costume pack pre orders are going for. Or not pre you know how they did the pre order bonuses? Oh, that's right. And now they sell them for like three bucks a pop or something. For or three bucks a set. Yeah. So you could imagine, yeah, probably like six bucks if you're getting like 12 costumes so yeah no it is a good deal and it's very it's just a very nintendo way of doing it i like it i like it a lot but of course it does require nintendo to actually figure out how to ship these things correctly because they're still having amiibo problems i mean last episode we ran a whole tirade about it and you know what i thought it peaked i thought we hit the worst of the amiibo woes and yet here we are two weeks later and there's still trouble with retailers getting their amiibo and we already talked about that wave two got chopped so Captain Falcon, Pit, and Luigi are launching well after Diddy, Zelda, and Lil Mac. And it's separate from each other. Not That's even like... what's crazy. That's the new wrinkle. Yeah. They're all individually shipping. So, and what's really weird is no one knows when. So like sometimes they'll be like, oh, hey, GameStop has Captain Falcon in stock on their website. Oh, cool. I'm going to go to GameStop and buy it. No, you're not because they didn't get that in. They got Luigi in, but they don't have Captain Falcon. Oh, you want Pit? Great. Go to Best Buy. Except they street dated it till December 30th, so don't trust their online tracker. Instead, try your luck at GameStop. Oh, they sold out? Right, because they only got one. Like, it's so dumb. Yeah. This whole thing is so I, dumb. I even thought I was safe, like, just because, like, oh, I pre everything online. I mean, I... You I are guess, relatively safe. Yeah, like, albeit, like, I'm still going to get them all, but, like, I got Luigi last week, Captain Falcon's coming tomorrow, and Pit is still waiting for... Floating, flying around somewhere. Yeah. 
It's up in the air. Up in the air. There we go. No, but, um, yeah, it's just so bizarre. Because it's like, I mean, I pre-ordered Captain Falcon. I mentioned this last episode. I was like, oh, yeah, I got Captain Falcon. I'm going to pick it up at Best Buy. It's going to be a piece of cake. It, December 30th is apparently the street date for him. Only at Best Buy. Because everyone else has been selling him on and off when they get it for like two weeks now. Or a week now. Yeah, like, it's just like, so weird. Yeah, like, and people definitely have, like... It's causing people... A good amount of people already have, like, Captain Falcon 2. A lot. When, when you're playing, and Pit. And Pit. Because when you're playing Mario Kart, you see the Captain Falcon costume pop up once in a while. What's even weirder is, like, it seems regional. Because, like, there are reports um, of, like, GameStop... Gesundheit. He's sneezing, but you might not be able to hear him because he's being silent. Right. Uh But, no, there's, like, Portland. I remember reading on NeoGAF, it's like, Hey, my GameStop in Portland just got pits. And it's like, oh, the Northwest has pit. But not SoCal. So they're, like, regionally shipping them. It's it's a mess. But, and that didn't help. So people are scrambling because of that. Because even if you have pre-orders, like, you, two weeks ago, when we last talked about this, you're like, oh, I'm set. I don't care. But now you're actually, like, contemplating going and physically buying Captain Falcon, right? I remember you mentioning that. Like, you'll well, get two, whatever. No, because I want to get one as a Christmas gift to someone. Right. Oh, right, right. So, But you're still going out into the craziness. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to one way or another. Yeah. But in theory, you should just be able to order it online and have it come in with your other one. Yep. If it was an ideal world. and it does, So people are scrambling for that, and it doesn't help that then Toys R Us screwed everything up. They have since corrected it, but there's a whole hubbubaloo. Yeah, hubbubaloo. Or kerfuffle, take your pick. When Toys R Us decided to cancel everyone's Amiibo pre-orders. And that included the store-exclusive Lucario. Yep, then, I was directly affected by this. Then eight hours later, this happened overnight, and then eight hours later, they put up a whole bunch of Lucarios on their eBay store. And everyone's like, is that our Lucario? Did they just... Is that my Lucario over there now? What? So people started buying them off eBay. Then, 12 hours later, or 24 hours later, Toys R Us issued a statement saying, oh, it was an error, we screwed up, everyone that paid with a credit card, you're getting your, your uh, Lucarios back, you're getting your other pre-orders back, they'll be reinstated, you might have to manually purchase them again due to some weird technical mishap. No, if you paid with a credit card, like, oh, directly, right. they would just get reinstated automatically. Right, and if, if you, it's PayPal, you have to reinstate. Yeah, if you pay with PayPal, they sent you an email with a bunch of links. Like, where they list the figurines as one hundred forty dollars, which is my favorite part. Of this no, nine hundred ninety nine. Oh, it's nine ninety nine. Their statement said it was one thirty nine. No, it was nine ninety nine ninety nine. Wow, that's an expensive amiibo. Shows yeah. how high in demand they are. Yeah. So basically, like you would just get it, or just click on the link below for the figure you want. So, yeah. Because I mean, they, they, I guess they don't know which one you wanted. So, and each figure would have how many you could pre-order. So if you pre-ordered like let's say five pits, you'd be out of luck. You would only be able to only pre-order one. So people are still kind of screwed over. Yeah. But I only pre-ordered one Lucario and they let me pre-order two. So I just helped out another friend that I know is collecting them. Like, right. Not at all. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah, and they also are giving discounts. They're oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was $10.99. $10. Yeah. Well, cool. Which is nice. Like, they, they set things right, but that set off a whole chain reaction of people saying, okay, screw it, I'm done with the people. Like, my Twitter feed, like, kind of blew up that morning. I saw so many tweets that were like, I'm over it. Amiibo's stupid. I don't care anymore. They're not going to let me collect them. I'm not going to collect them. Of course, six hours later, they're like, oh my god, I got my new pre-order. <laughs> so, who knows how long lasting that'll be. But there's definitely, yeah. like, never-ending, never-ending drama with these you things. You know what's funny is, like, I feel like their value isn't going to really go up that much. Because, like, so many people are literally collecting them just to sell them. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like the whole, why comics after, like, the 80s, like, right. were so worthless. Because everybody was collecting them for the reason of making a lot of money yeah. off of them. Because, but I then it's like, right. oh, everybody has one already. Like, at least everyone that's yeah. collecting them will have one. You, if you're going to be a scalper, you got to flip them now. Basically. In the next month or two. Yeah. Yeah. Or in, like, ten years, but not in between. Yeah, and even then, like, I bet you, like, if you wait 20 years, like... No one will care. <laughs> yeah, because, like, and even if, like, like, let's say they're rare, like, okay, they're discontinued, but everyone, I, fi- I guarantee you, like, everyone that really wanted one will already have one. 
Yeah. And unless it's like sealed in the box, defect, that's probably the only reason like it would probably go right, for a lot. Right. But it's funny because like just the frenzy around it, like everyone's getting bitten by this like amiibo bug. Like I only planned to buy three. My original plan was Samus, Fox, and uh, Mario. Then I happen to see a Wii Fit trainer on the floor. I think I mentioned this last episode. And I'm like, okay, it's one. There's one there. It just got discontinued supposedly. All right, I'll buy it. So I have four. Then out of nowhere, I see Lil Max on sale on Amazon, like in the peak of all this chaos. And I'm like, well, he's on sale on Amazon. I better buy him. So I bought him on the spot on my phone, like in an elevator, just like, all right, I'm buying him. Then I went to Target, like unrelated, and glanced at the Amiibos, and they had like eight Luigi's. I'm like, Luigi? He's not even out yet officially. And then I bought him. I had no, I don't even like the look of, actually, Luigi looks really nice, but I hate his pose. I had no plans to buy him. And then I somehow have him. And now you have Captain Falcon pre-ordered. Well, Captain Falcon I wanted, because he's really... De- yeah, I like the super detail. I have two Link pre-ordered and Mega Man pre-ordered, both of which well, I actually Well, it's a nice want. little collection you got there. I know, and this was a guy who was only planning to get, like, two or three per wave. I guess I am still getting two or three per wave. Just more than I thought. But it's just, like, I've been bitten by the... Like, I don't understand why I'm buying all these Amiibo. I don't have a reason. I don't have an explanation. Well, it's <laughs> it kind of what collecting is. Yeah. But I'm not even doing a good job it's, of it. Because I'm not buying them all. I'm cherry picking. I mean, like once you buy a toy, like I mean, I have a lot of figures that are just hanging on the wall. Yeah, it's like when after I buy it and I hang it on the wall, I don't necessarily like look at it every day. True. It's just like the knowledge that I know I have it. It's satisfactory. It's satisfactory, but I'm not actually doing anything with it. Like I, my life hasn't changed. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. What's really like, funny? That's pretty much all collection is. It's just organized hoarding. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it, yeah. What's funny is, like, I got Lil Mac uh, last Tuesday, Tuesday before Christmas, like that, you know, two days before. And I was like, oh, cool, my Lil Mac arrived. Put him down. <laughs> He's just sitting on my desk, not opened yet. I'm just like, do I open it? What do I do with it? And I just put it down. I was like, well, I have it, whatever, and just haven't even thought about it. Like, it's really <laughs> weird. It doesn't make sense. But the thing I find the weirdest about Amiibo as a whole, more so than just my weird, my organized hoarding, as you put it, is that um, Nintendo... Like, this is supposed to be their big money grab for the holidays, right? This is their revenue generator, and yet they're leaving money on the table by not doing proper supply. Like, granted, it could be out of their hands. It could be a factory having trouble. They could have too many toys that they're trying to make. Sorry, figurines that they're trying to make, who's and they don't the, have enough who's, molds. Who's I have no idea. No idea. They probably contracted out, and they probably didn't anticipate this much demand. But even then, talk about leaving money on the table. Like, it, it's interesting because... Uh, Game industry, GamesIndustry.biz, which is like one of the big industry sites, they actually put out an editor- editorial the other day that kind of summed up Nintendo's Amiibo money-making strategy. And it really makes you realize just how much money they're leaving on the table. Because what they were arguing is that, you know, Amiibo's obviously supposed to be a new revenue stream for Nintendo. It's supposed to help them through their tough times. They're cheap to make. They can sell them for 14 bucks. Fans will go gaga over them. But what uh, Games Industry was saying is that it's not just a way to make money. It's like Nintendo's core strategy right now. Because if you remember during the Wii era, their whole thing was like, oh, we're going after the casuals. We've milked our fans dry. We need to expand it, go into the blue ocean. We need to get new people, new audience, new money. So they made the DS, they made the Wii. That worked great. Then the Wii U came along and they're like, oh yeah, um, now we're taking those people and making them buy games they wouldn't buy previously. And that clearly didn't work. Only the core was interested in the Wii U. And that's why we're now seeing, for example, Smash Bros. have such a big focus. Because Nintendo went, okay, casuals are dead. We need to focus on our fans. We need to focus on the core. So we're going to make Smash Bros. the biggest thing of the year. We're going to have toys for the fans. Basically what game uh, Games Industry was saying is that Nintendo's treating fans, this is a term used in, I think, the casino world, but they're treating them like whales. Like they're going whale hunting, meaning they have these super hardcore people, and they can keep coming back to that well and keep getting money from them. 
because they know they will pay it. These are the fans. These are us. These are the super hardcore, nerdy, over-the-top fans that will buy every game and line their shelf with it because it's a Nintendo game. And Nintendo's like, well, if they're buying all the games, I bet you they'll buy all the figurines too. And sure enough, Jose, you bought all the figurines. Or you're buying all the figurines. I'm buying way more than I anticipated just because they're Nintendo. So they're, instead of going after these casuals, they're now their strategy at the moment is let's play it safe. Let's go with the thing we know, our fans, we know they will buy our crap. And then they just pump out a ton of it and hope we keep buying it. And it, it, we are. We yeah. totally are. I mean, it doesn't help that they definitely have going for them is that most of these characters don't have any merchandise. Yeah. Outside of this, so. Yeah, and even when they do, I mean, I bought Mario. I have so much Mario stuff. Nintendo fans just eat up Nintendo merchandise. It's like Disney fans. Like, Disney fans are crazy, and Nintendo fans are pretty crazy, too. I mean, the fact that Wave 3 is already completely sold out in most retailers, and it's not out till February, that says a lot about the Nintendo fan base. Like, they were selling out before the frenzy with the shortages and everything. Yeah. Like, it says a whole lot. So Nintendo's being kind of smart about it. And, I mean, that's also why I think Nintendo's doing so many of these retail exclusives. They can do all these really good partnerships with Best Buy, Toys R Us, Target, and be like, hey, so yeah, we're selling our games digitally, but you know what? We still want to give you a piece of the pie. You can sell these figurines. In fact, you can have an exclusive one. So people will come to your store just for that because they're diehard fans, and they will go anywhere we tell them to go because we have brainwashed them. (laughs) And it's true. I mean, you went to every single website to pre-order every single exclusive one. I, for the ones I care about, I'm going to go and do it. Like, I don't don't have it. Like, if Nintendo tells me go to Toys R Us, I will go to Toys R Us. Like, it's, it's weird. In fact, a, a Best Buy Canada rep was just saying there's going to be more retail exclusive ones. Like, Nintendo knows this works. They're going to do more. So, who knows if that's true, but the rep, the customer rep says it's happening. So, point being, it seems like instead of taking crazy gambles, Nintendo's kind of playing it safe with Amiibo. And it's making the money, just not as much as they could. Now, I, I, I guess I feel like I should clarify. I don't think Nintendo's not taking any gambles anymore. I mean, Amiibo's probably the safest thing they could have possibly done. Proven industry that's worth a billion dollars. You know, uh, fans that will buy anything and go anywhere, combine them, boom, free money. But, they're I mean, on the other hand, they're still doing quality of life. That's a pretty big gamble. And, like, they're still doing weird things. Like, there's a rumor that the 3DS successor screen will be a free-form screen made by Sharp. Same people that do the current 3DS, just 3D display. And the display, by, what I mean by free-form, is it can be any shape you want. According to a Japanese news agency called Kyoto, not to be confused with the city, Kyoto, or yeah, Kyodo, 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 whatever they're called. They're like a legitimate Japanese news agency. And they're reporting that Nintendo wants to take Sharps, flex it, bend it, do whatever you want with its screens, and put them in the shape of a donut. And make their next handheld a donut. I'm not kidding. Like, it will be a thing with a hole in the middle. Huh? Right? <laughs> so, uh, Nintendo's still clearly making gamble, taking gambles. They're just doing it a little more refined. Like, they have two revenue streams. They have their guaranteed fans and they have their weird crazy experimental i mean from that same logic miyamoto was telling the ap in that interview that mario probably won't be back until he ushers in the next console which by the way he confirmed to the guardian yep nintendo's making a new console shocker they're making a wii U successor but and that uh, means no galaxy then until the next successor i don't know what that means but it sounds like mainline mario games aren't happening to a successor so probably or does it just mean that there will always be a mainline mario game when the successor i comes? think he was saying the next because they said i think he was saying the next one is gonna be for the next console oh. but point being so you have crazy nintendo doing quality of life and donuts and then you have safe nintendo doing um a console with a mario game and amiibo and selling to the core which is different from the past, because Nintendo... Did you ever hear this quote around the time the DS launched and the whole casual strategy? Their old president, uh, Yama, Yama, 
Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi, thank you. He, I blanked out his name. He once said the DS was a gamble, and either Nintendo would rise to heaven or fall to hell. It was going to make or break the company. That was his wording: rise to heaven, fall to hell. So clearly, Nintendo's not do, doing that playbook anymore. They're not doing all or nothing moves. They're kind of doing like a weird balancing act. So, so it's an interesting time for Nintendo. They're smartly doing a balancing act. They're, they know they can make money one way and then do the other thing the other way. And this is so far removed from the Amiibo conversation, but it's just a weird path we went down. And even their game lineup now, I think that's kind of doing it too. Because it used to be you had like, oh, here's all Nintendo's core games, and then, oh yeah, here's like one new franchise. But in 2015, it's pretty even split. You got the recognizable Yoshi, Zelda, and Kirby, and then you got the not recognizable, but just as many Codename Steam, Xenoblade, arguably isn't quite an established franchise, and of course Splatoon, which is brand new. Yeah. So even that, you can see the split between like risky Nintendo and safe Nintendo. It's it's interesting how they're doing this now. But let's stop for a so minute. So would you say Nintendo's completely out of Panic Nintendo with good Nintendo? I don't... I think Panic Nintendo now has a side... <laughs> I'm trying to think how it Panic Nintendo's still a thing, but they also have like a uh, calmer... You know what? They're split. Per- they're, they have two personalities. They have crazy Nintendo and they have safe Nintendo, and they're living in harmony with one another. I think Panic Nintendo is a little more subdued than it used to be. Yeah, that's the intention. I, that's the impression I got. But then again, there is that thing with the screen that's a donut. Like I don't even understand how would that work. The the 3ds with a donut screen. What? How? What would you do with it? Like how do you do you wear it? Is that, it a watch? That's why we're not game designers but, or like, whatever it is I mean, designing. And the likelihood that this is true is pretty high because uh, Sharp, before the 3DS was announced, like a couple months, be- a couple months to a year before, rumors started coming out of Japanese news agencies that were, oh, Sharp's making a glasses-free 3D screen for Nintendo. And everyone's like, what? No. And that was true. Nine months later. And here we are again. Sharp's making a donut for Nintendo. It's like, no, <laughs> it will be true. Better than Krispy Kreme. It's going to be way better than Krispy Kreme. But um, certainly better than Duncan. Because Duncan's, Duncan's not even good. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what, it's good, what form it's going to take. But that's crazy. That's probably the craziest thing we've reported on this podcast ever. Is that Nintendo's making a donut console. I mean, handheld. Well, it's still a console. True. Well, console usually means home and handheld usually means... Home console. Sure, Yeah. System would be the universal for both. Yeah. But anyway, I did mention Splatoon. Unless you had any thoughts about the Amiibo thing in my whole soapbox I was just on. No, everything is pretty... has been put out there. Yeah. Alright. So Splatoon. I mentioned Splatoon, and we're starting to get details about the game now. So, um, in Japan, for a little while now, Nintendo's been trickling out a screenshot a day, Smash Bros. style, uh, where they're kind of teasing new things, discussing new things on Twitter, and finally, here in the U.S., they launched a Tumblr that's basically... Translating all that stuff. Screenshots are still Japanese. The concept art still has Japanese in it. The info is in English. I must say in American. Is in English. <laughs> in American. It's in American. They talk about eagles and, and yeah. No, but it's in, and beer. It's in English. And it's kind of like written like, it's from the, from the lab is I think what they call it. I forgot the exact wording they use, but um, from the squid research lab or something. Um, yeah, so we're learning a couple of new things. I mean, I think the game's still scheduled to come out in the first half of 2015, last I've heard. So we're probably going to... This is going to ramp up pretty quickly, but we learned a little bit about how single-player will work, a little bit about multiplayer. On the single-player front, we now know what you're doing. You're going stage to stage, and you're collecting electricity-generating catfish. Yep. That uh, the enemy octopi are using... Oh my god. Nintendo's genius and they ain't even intend for it. Hold on. 
Hold on. Okay, so these enemy octopi are moving into new territory and taking it over and using these catfish to, you know, power their stuff, right? So the octopi are occupying these territories. There's no way that was intentional, but it's so perfect. Because it's in Japanese. There's no way they did the wordplay. But the octopi are occupying. Ing. Octopying the spaces. The places. Which now, by the way, aren't all just industrial looking. They have some, like, natural ones. And, like, they have an old Japanese dojo and some other arenas. But, yeah, so what you're doing is you're going to each stage and you're collecting these catfish. There's one per stage, it sounds like. Again, it's kind of vague. But it's, it's basically Mario. Like, it's a game start at the end of the level sort of deal. Um, to do it, you're going to do all sorts of different stuff. Um, you got puzzles involving paint. There's one where they show this huge sponge that, like, the octopi are going to, like... They squirt ink in it, it shrinks, you squirt it, ink in it, it enlarges, and then you use that to solve a puzzle. They have, like, cannons and other things. So it's a pretty standard, fair, like, puzzle, action, platformery deal from the sound of things, third person. Yeah. Uh, multiplayer is also pretty standard, fair, at least from a shooter perspective, in that Nintendo said, yup, you're going to start with a paint gun, but you're going to have short-range, long-range, middle-range weapons you can find on the stage as you conquer more territory, and you can customize your character. They have secondary weapons, they have shirts, they have pants, they have accessories. So it's kind of team... Does Team Fortress let you do that? Um, you can put hats. So this is hats to the next level, yeah. I mean, like, I say, a lot of this is very Team Fortress. I mean, I mean you can customize your guns a lot. See, so. I don't know if you can customize gun. It sounds like you have to find the gun in the stage. Kind of GoldenEye style, unless I misinterpret it. But, so that's a little different. But it's definitely Nintendo's just like, hey, we're making a shooter now, here's how you do it. We're just following the template. But, of course... The, Nintendo-wise, because of the whole ink yeah. thing. So, I mean, it's not much. Incredible. The Occupy are, octopi- are occupying. The Octopi are occupying. That's a tongue twister, kind of. But, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's not a ton to say about Splatoon. It's more just a heads up that go follow that Tumblr, SplatoonUS.tumblr.com, because they're posting stuff daily. And they're also posting fun squid facts. Did you know squid had teeth? Because now you will if you read that Tumblr. But they had a beak. They do have a beak. Oh, yeah, they have a beak that's, like, a tooth. They use, like, a tooth, yeah. Hold on, I didn't know that. Well, what good are you? Actually, you're very good, because you know it. You can write the the Tumblr. Went to the aquarium a few times. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I I feel like I knew that, too, at one point, but it was just the first fact that popped into my head when I was talking about it. Um, But, yeah, so... There's also some cartoon that, like, kind of emphasized the beak a little more. Like when they, when Squidward they, doesn't have a beak. When they enter the perform- He's an octopus. His name's Squidward. Yeah. Are you sure he's an octopus? I think uh, he's a squid. His name's Squidward. And yet he's shaped kind of like an octopus. No, he could be a squid. Uh, squids have pointy heads. He could be a squid that got his head shaved down, okay? Maybe it's like when uh, when humans you lose hair, they lose point. Oh, well, I mean... Because he's I, old. Well, I mean, I guess he must be a squid if his name is Squidward. Squidward Tentacles is his full name. I'm pulling up his Wikipedia, pressing matter here. Species octopus. See, I knew it was right somehow. Wait, but he only has six legs. His character art shows four legs and two arms. That makes six. That's a squid. Eight is an octopus. Eight, octo. Are we really having this conversation? <laughs> well, I mean, in the cartoon world, they could literally call whatever they want, whatever they want. I know, but I'm going to go ahead and keep calling him a squid. I mean, Squidward is catchier than octoword. Squidward is an anthropomorphic octopus, despite his name. Alright. Told you. I don't know if it's good or bad that I don't know enough about Spongebob. Also on Pokemon, there is a squid Pokemon that has kind of a parrot beak that just looks like Ah, a right, right. Well, anyway, back to what I was saying about <laughs> Splatoon. 
So they're going to be posting stuff on that Tumblr. I don't think we're going to, here on the show, talk about as much as we did Smash, where it's like every update we felt was important. But the big things we, of course, will talk about. So you can look forward to our analysis of that between now and June. Or you can dread it. Either way. And you may learn some more Squid Facts. You or, may learn some fun Squid or, Facts. Or, or Squidward Facts. <laughs> yeah, because apparently Jake Jason didn't know he was an octopus. Because his name's Squidward. Yeah. It's like I got a pet cat and named it Dog. <laughs> Yeah, but no one, like, would draw a squid with, like, a round octopus head. Well, maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe he shaved it down. You know, people get tattoos and shave and their heads. And I'm head. also... Why can't squids shave their and if heads? It, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw the cartoon, but I remember they said he was an octopus many times. Yeah, I did. I haven't watched him forever. Well, yeah, neither have I, but... but they're making a new movie. I mean, the first that. few... Oh, yeah, the... The, the CG 3D... Yeah, yeah. Pharrell's writing the lead song for it. That's old news, man. I know. I'm just, I, I just bring it up because Pharrell's writing the lead song, the single for it. Oh, I didn't know that, but I don't yeah, really it came care out for today. Pharrell. It's called "Squeeze Me." Mm. Just thought you should know. Okay, so that's platoon. <laughs> uh, switching gears. I don't. How do you even go from Pharrell to to Renegade Kid? I mean, I guess you don't. But switching gears completely. There's a few, a couple tidbits of third party news. It has been light in news, as you can probably tell. We're we're almost wrapping up the news, actually. But the final two tidbits are, one is about Renegade Kid, and they're busy over there. Now, these are guys, for those who somehow don't know, Moon Chronicles, Dimension, Mutant Muds, they make a ton, uh, Treasure Knots, Zeo Drifter, they make a ton. And their current project that they just announced, or yet another project, is they are bringing Dimension over to the 3DS eShop. Dimension being their horror DS game that was their first game ever. It's pretty funny, like, all these games that I missed out on the DS that I always saw on the shelf, but I'm all like... I want to get it, but I'm too busy playing this other game. I'll yep. get it later. And then they just kind of disappeared, and now I get a chance to play it. Now they're back. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's funny, because Dimension was one I was like, oh, I'd love to play that. But then Moon came out, I'm like, I think I'd love to play that more. I like sci-fi more than horror. And then I still haven't bought either. Now, I, I should get Moon Chronicles, though, because Moon Chronicles, um, well, first of all, the, fi- the rest of the episodes, it's episodic for those who don't remember, but and the rest of them are in Nintendo's approval process and set to launch in January, all of them in January. So that's coming up. And two, Moon Chronicles itself is two bucks off until the 8th of January. So now would be the time for me to buy it. But but back to Dimension, um, it's basically going to be a port. They're just uh, bumping up the frame rate to 60 seconds, adding a 3D effect, of course. And they're also adjusting enemy placement and respawns and um, the checkpoints and the respawn points. Just to make it a little So the graphics will basically look the same? I don't know. They said it's going to run smoother and be in 3D. They did not say if they're doing graphical updates, but they did not say they're not doing graphical updates. Because, I mean, Moon I s- kind of... Moon's had, like a half-step, yeah, right? Yeah, like, it kind of had graphical updates, but not really. I imagine it's to be kind it of looked, It just looked cleaner to, like, kind of go with the new resolution of the 3DS. That's probably what they're doing. They're probably going to clean it up like that. But still, it's a cool opportunity, because the thing with Dimension is it was... Yeah, I mean, we saw it on shelves, but it wasn't that common of a game. I mean, it was, it was published by Mastiff, or Matif, or whatever their name is. The one with the Bulldog logo. Yeah. And, like, they didn't publish very many, and then they just sat on the rights forever. So... Or wait, no, they didn't do... They did Moon. This was made by Gamecock. Or no, did Gamecock do... <laughs> that's a real company. It was, remember, uh, in the 90s, there was a company called... Uh, God, Gathering of Developers. And they're just like, oh, we're like the rogue, crazy publisher. Like, we'll pick your all your indie games. And this was before indies could publish themselves, really, so then you have a publisher help them. So God, or Gathering of Developers, were these guys, and they did all these stupid publicity stunts to, like, get attention. Then they decided to reform into Gamecock. Yes. Yeah, they and did. they did even more stupid publicity things, like call themselves Gamecock. 
and uh, they went bankrupt. But but they put, they produced a number of games in their time as Gamecock, including I just like saying that, including um, Dimension, I believe, or one of the one of the Ragged Kid games. I mean, aren't there two Dimensions? Yeah, they might have done Dimension two actually. Hmm. Gamecock, they no longer exist, unsurprisingly. <laughs> but, but yeah, they were a thing. They were a thing. and they did stupid pussy stunts like they'd show up dressed as chickens at like other people's press conferences and stuff. Like it, they were a weird company. Um, so so pouring out for Gamecock. They're no longer a thing. Uh, the other bit of third-party news worth mentioning is Theater Rhythm lives on. Uh, over in Japan, Square Enix announced that it's going to continue the Theater Rhythm series with a new entry. And as you may recall, uh, they previously said, Oh, no, no, no. Fi- fi- theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Current Call, that's it. That's our final Theater Rhythm because we're going to do DLC for that game. So you'll have more Final Fantasy music. And that's it. We don't need to make another game. We'll just keep pumping Final Fantasy into that game. Well, they found a workaround to make more money, and that's, screw it, we don't need Final Fantasy. It's Dragon Quest now. So they're making a new Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest, which doesn't technically break their rule that they're not going to make another Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy because it's Dragon Quest. So that's happening. It was announced in Japan. It's coming out in uh, I'd like to do March. Theater Rhythm for other games that I've actually played. Maybe not Square Enix titles. Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> Theater Rhythm Tomb Raider? Theater Rhythm Hitman? I'd play Hitman. But, Maybe um... Chibi Hitman, though. Because, I mean, yeah, I didn't play any of the Final Fantasy games, but at least I knew enough of their music to appreciate the game. Yeah. But I can't really say the same for Dragon Quest. I only know one. I mean, I. I mean, I, the game will I, have. I, I know the main theme that's right. really catchy. Like, well, it will be in there. Like, I'm not like, sure everyone knows it. But, um, yeah, that's about it. I, 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 can't, I can't justify it. <laughs> yeah, and, well, they're going to have 10 games worth of music. Everything from the original uh, Dragon Quest all the way up through the Wii and Wii U MMORPG, that is Dragon Quest Ten. Like, all I of them. I do have friends the crazy Dragon Quest fan, so I'm sure he'll really love it. It hasn't been announced for the US yet. Not that he's crazy, just like a crazy He's a fan. crazy big fan. Yeah. He may also be crazy. I, I don't know who you're talking about, so I'm just going to assume. You know, I'm Jose. Oh, but you're Jose. The other Jose. We know like seven of those. The one we took to the I Nintendo. Know, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, he's probably listening, isn't he? Hi, Jose. I don't know. I'm waiting for him to say hi back, but I just realized I can't hear him because it's in the future. Hello. That's not what he sounds like. God, this podcast is a train wreck. Uh, anyway, no, but the thing about this Dragon Quest game is, in terms of how it plays, it's basically like the other theater rhythm. There's field events, or field and event rhythm battle matches but when you go into like the rpg battle it does kind of a nice little ode to the original dragon quest where are you um, facing the monster that yes front as opposed to yes it's dead right. side to side with the notes going left to right it's head on first person guitar view hero with stuff. the notes coming in guitar hero style yes you <laughs> you nailed it yeah so i mean i don't think it's going to change anything in terms of gameplay but it's a, it's, it's appreciated i guess i guess now you're yeah i guess you're just moving your mouth i mean your mouth your your steps from left to right instead of from top to bottom yeah so. you're literally just turning 90 degrees so if you can handle that... That's a nice twist. If you can handle okay. that twist... Oh, I got it. Thank you. Like, I had to do it. He did a twisting motion for those who could see. He's like, showing me how he's turning the... That's to make sure he has. got it. I got it. I'm not that dumb. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's a, it's a nice little treat for Dragon Quest fans whenever it comes out. And the thing is, those games are fun. The Rhythm... I mean, you bought it. You liked it. Yeah, the original. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I played the demo and liked it and proceeded not to buy it because I'm weird. But, yeah, it's a, it's a good game. And the, and the sequel, like, they added so much more stuff. So I'm imagining that Dragon Quest is going to be closer to the original in terms of content loads. So then they could do a curtain call for Dragon Quest as well. And then they'll be like, oh, we're not making another one. Just kidding. Here's Chrono Trigger Theater Rhythm, which is going to be the shortest game ever because it's only one game. Oh, well, they have Chrono Cross as well. So two games. Which, 
Was the Super Nintendo one the same as the PlayStation one? One was cross and one was trigger. That's all I know. I'm sure. Was it one just like a port or anything? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's not going to be a lot of songs on that one if it becomes a thing. But, or you know what they're actually going to do? Here's Theorism Final Fantasy VII. We're not remaking anything. We're just pouring it over. What are the other things like teaming up with Nintendo? Because then they can cool. do Theorism like Zelda, Theorism like cool. Mario, Theorism You, did, you didn't Metroid. get my Final Fantasy VII joke. Did you hear they announced Final Fantasy VII for PS4 at the PlayStation thing a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah. They went on stage at a huge... We're bringing Final Fantasy VII to PlayStation 4. And the crowd went wild. And you no, see yeah, the live yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm telling the, the people at home. And then, uh, so they show it, and it's literally the PS1 version in 1080p, no graphic update. Mm-hmm. And then they cut back to the crowd, and the crowd just blank faces. <laughs> it's I, it's funny. They trolled them. They trolled them good. But, uh, pretty messed up. It is, kind of, but it's also pretty funny. Um, I don't know why Square Enix thinks they could just keep releasing the same game, and people are going to keep buying it. Although, who am I king? Wait, no, does that all the time. It's, they're, they're porting the PC version. That's not much better. I mean, it's a little... Uh, yeah. Okay, I said the 1999 game, it's the 2000 game or whatever, <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, I, I shouldn't criticize too much, because Nintendo just... On Christmas, Nintendo released... Let's see, what were their big releases in the eShop? A Duck Hunt update, a port with a secret two-player mode where you can control the ducks, that's new. Uh, that's cool. Super Mario Advance 2, which is not and, and new. Don't you have, like... Mario Party Advance, which is, now, Yes, so. yes. It's actually a pretty fancy update, so I shouldn't count Duck Hunt. But they released Super Mario Advance 2 and Mario Party Advance. Those are two of the big holiday releases, so I can't criticize Grey Nicks too much. But I guess Nintendo still makes new things more than once every five yeah, years. Yeah, like, the, the, these are things that they don't really even announce. They just yeah, kind of throw them, they just kind of them out there, unlike Square Enix, who goes on stage in a major fan event and goes, Final Fantasy VII, gotcha. But, but that's They're waiting for Donkey Kong Country on the eShop, Nintendo. It's coming at some point. Oh, speaking of uh, Nintendo's Christmas stuff, actually, on Christmas they also launched Crunchyroll. So if there are any anime fans out there... Um, this is basically Hulu, or Netflix, for anime. You have a premium account, you log in on your Wii U, you get endless anime, until you run out of anime, so it's not very endless, but... I would have actually used that service last year when I was watching Attack on Titan. But that's on Netflix in full. This is, like, way before it was on Netflix. Uh, like, okay. when it was that, because Crunchyroll would... Crunchyroll had... Oh, because they do next day. No, right? they would air the day of. Oh, day of, that's right. Like, I think, like, an hour later, like, right after it aired right, in Japan. Right, next hour, that's right. So, like, I would watch it, like, then... So I ended up doing it on the PS3. Right, right. And then once Attack on Titan, and I'm like, well, I have nothing else to watch, so I just kind of canceled my subscription. I'm, the, sure the, I'm sure there's other stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I'm sure well, there's like well, 700 I, well, Naruto's. Well, actually, actually, there is a ton of stuff. There's but. 700 Naruto's, about 2,000 Dragon Balls. Well, Naruto officially ended. It just so, ended, yeah. yeah. So, but there's still like 700 of them. It's running forever. There's probably like... Well, Pokemon's well, no, not there's way that's that. Because there's... I know there's... A... Dude, Naruto was running when I was still... When I was in high school... When I was in, like, ninth grade. Oh, yeah, that's, but... That's, like, ten years ago. Oh, God. No, yeah, but... right? Ten years ago? Well, I mean, I just know that... The only reason I'm saying that is because, um... I know One Piece has more episodes than Naruto. And I know One Piece is already, like, at almost 700. Oh, okay, fine. Naruto's at 650. So, and... so it's gonna be, like, at around, like, five six. Right. Only five to six hundred. Nothing compared to Pokemon. American shows, but yeah, no, Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon is, is that kind of league of its own. Yeah, but yeah. So anyone that's an anime fan that's listening, and you have Crunchyroll, if you don't know, you can go download it from the eShop. And it's nice that Nintendo's diversifying the video offerings. Like Crunchyroll seems like an obvious shoe in because gamers and anime fans very often are one and the same. Yeah. So, so um, with that, another thing that came out on Christmas is of course Shantae and the Pirates Curse, which uh, it came out on Wii U in HD on Christmas. But Jose, you've been playing it for the past month. On 3DS in 3D instead of HD, so you wanted to talk about it. Here's your platform. It's a pirate's life for you. Well, I wouldn't say I was playing for the last month. 
Well, you played it during the last month. Yeah. Because there was a point where I was kind of debating whether I wanted it for the Wii U or the 3DS. Alright, let me rephrase. In the time since it came out till now, <laughs> you have been playing it at some stage in that time period. You must be super honest and upfront with our I know, I know. With which, our listeners. You're right. So we'll talk about that, and then don't go anywhere, because then he has his impressions of, I kid you not, I love my little girl, the best baby simulator since whenever the other one but came out. But do I really love her, based on that time I spent with her? Find out in a few minutes. Plus, stay tuned to the very end of that going to Also, who's the father? We'll you. You and the 3DS are the parents. Ugh, I don't want to think about that. And lastly, we have our Game of the Year picks coming up. So there's a lot still happening, even though news is done. So don't hit stop yet. Shantae. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, so, um... I haven't quite been in the game yet. I've gone pretty far in it, though, and so far I really like it. I mean, I really liked uh, Risky's Revenge, which was the DSi game? Yeah. Yeah, DSi game. Yeah, I guess it was DSi. DSiWare. Yeah, DSiWare. I wasn't sure if um, it was released for Game Boy Advance and then also ported over no. to DSi. There was nothing on Game Boy Advance. Originally, the sequel to Shantae for Game Boy Color, the original Shantae, the original sequel was going to be Game Boy Advance. That got scrapped, and then they started making a revision of it for DSiWare, yeah, which became... And also, really liked the Game Boy version, which was finally released to Virtual Console this year, I want to say. Uh, yeah, like, start of the year, I think. Yeah, which is really cool, because like, oh, or in May. now I finally have played all of them. Yep. But, um, I don't know, like, for... I mean, WayForward has a way of, like, making, like, really good-looking sprites. Like, all the worlds are very vibrant, colorful. All the enemy designs are really cool. Like, they're giant, like, monsters. Just, like... I don't know. They have a way, a game of looking both new and retro, but it just, I don't know, it just looks really cool. Old technology, new art style. Yeah, my, like, I don't know, but then there were like just like some minor things that kind of bothered me. Um, this game, at least Shantae, has always been kind of a, a Metroid, yeah, it's a Metroidvania game. And through the, and through, yeah, especially this one, right? Sort of. This one's more like Metroid Prime 3, in the sense that um, it's still a Metroidvania game, but... You're not in just one giant overworld oh. that you could kind of travel through. You have to, like... They're, they're sectioned off yeah, mini yeah, overworlds. Yeah, they're split into islands, just like how much of it was split into planets. So there's and some linearity to it. That there is that a word, linearity? There, it's just more linear. It's more linear than um, it was in the past. Yeah, like, you'll, you'll do your business in one island, and you have to go to another island, and there was a part where you, do, you, you think you're gonna get to do everything in one island but then you kind of get stopped and you have to go somewhere else first mm-hmm. like like they're still backtracking and stuff like that but i don't know there was a i thought after risky's revenge because that game put a huge emphasis on um i guess planes like 3d planes because right. even though the game wasn't in 3d um they yeah, had the foreground background yeah like, thing going on yeah like sometimes like up to three layers deep and it would make for kind of confusing maps but um, in, it, it, in 2D, yeah, but it looked really yeah. cool, and I thought like, oh, this is kind of like a, they're obviously going to do this for 3D version, but they don't, which kind of makes navig- <laughs> yeah, which which kind of makes it navigating their world like a lot simpler because mm. I mean it's just left and right now. Sometimes like you only go right, like which I don't know, it, I don't know, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's it's uh, Metroidvania-ish, but at the same time, it's also a lot simpler. It's like a, so it, it, it <laughs> sounds like it's like straddling the line between wanting to be a Metroidvania game and wanting to just be like a platformer. Yeah, I think it kind of took like the best of both. Where like there's like a whole I would say like tw- mm, like twenty minute section where you're literally just like carrying someone through like an obstacle course that just like hmm. seems to go on forever, and that's pretty much the majority of that island as opposed to actually right. exploring it. You're just running. 
I wonder how much of that was them trying to give Shantae more of a distinct identity. Because Shantae originally was like, there's not very many Metroidvania games. She's a unique character, no doubt. I mean, her hair whipping and all that. And her being a genie and everything. But I wonder, and like, how much dancer. of it was... What? Yeah, <laughs> she's the only belly dancing character. Except yeah. now she doesn't belly dance because she lost her genie powers. And naturally, you can't belly dance without being a genie. So all those belly dancers you see out in the world are actually genies. <laughs> and they will grant you wishes if you ask. But, uh, well, point is, like, the, yeah, the dancing would be your transformations, but right. now she doesn't transform, so she doesn't dance. Because she's cursed by the pirate, which is why it's the pirate's no, curse. She, oh. No, and the... What? I thought that was why. No, not What's even. the pirate's curse? Um, It's just the new evil villain. He's, like, trying to come back. Oh. And, yeah. That's boring. And the... <laughs> I mean, it, like, takes place right after the previous game, so, like, if you beat the previous game, spoiler alert for a really old game, <laughs> like, she loses her powers at the end, so she just becomes full human. Gotcha. But to make up for her not, I guess, having powers, I guess, to make traversing the land easier, like, now you get pirate upgrades. Like, Courtesy of her former nemesis, correct? No. Am I really bad at understanding <laughs> these games? What am I thinking of? Um, she just finds, like, these treasure chests that have the pirate belongings of her old, of, like, of, like the evil, the main evil pirate. What's Risky's role in this? Does Risky have a role? Risky yeah, was... Yeah, she, she, she has the boat that takes you from island to island. She used to be your enemy. Yeah. She's not helping you. Yeah, because vindicated. She, okay, continue. Sorry. Yeah, because she <laughs> wants to take down the evil pirate that's trying to come back as much as. All right, gotcha. Else. I'll stop trying to interject what I thought was the plot. Yeah, so like now for your like long range projectile, you have like a gun, then you also have a hat that lets you flow, then you have a sword that lets you run faster. So, um, they they found they found creative ways to like give you a lot of ways to just traverse the land. So it's really cool. It's really fun. And the dialogue is always like so funny. It's very self referential too. Like there's an old boss in the beginning that. Is having, like, an identity crisis because, like, oh, in the previous game I was an important character, but now that it's a sequel, like, am I going to be just, like, some mid-boss that is not that important or, like, I don't know what to do with myself, so he just kind of, uh, he becomes a side quest that you kind of have to help him out with this problem. Right. Like, you're turning him to go on a vacation, but I have to find so a I guess it's not. Him. I guess it's not super linear if they have side, side quests. No, well, I mean, like, the hub town, I guess the town you start in, like, just has a bunch of, like, NPCs that you could play. Right. But... Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always been side quests, but for the most part, actually playing the game is a, does feel a bit more linear. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, and I guess like the only other change that I guess, I guess now, um, see more. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess more in stu- your face. <laughs> I guess stood out a little more now. Popped um, in 3D. Yeah, so I guess it comes to no surprise that um, way forward, like the majority of their games, like star female pro- protagonist. Uh huh. And, like, I don't know, I mean, they all have, like, good art and everything, but, like, for the most part, they seem to like to make all their protagonists pretty voluptuous. And, <laughs> yeah, that that's true, they do. And usually, like, scantily clad, as, like... I mean, she's a belly dancer. That yeah. right there already implies many yeah. clothing op Many limited clothing options. And whether this is, like, um... I guess... I don't even know what the word... I, I guess this, whether this will, like, make the game appeal less or more to you... Um, Depends on how pervy and creepy you are. <laughs> I don't know, well, for some reason, they felt the need to, make, I guess, make all the female characters, like, bustier in this game. Mm-hmm. And it kind of doesn't help that when you turn the 3D on. Usually when you're talking to an NPC, um, like, 2D drawings of their silhouettes. Uh, well, not their silhouettes. Yeah, 2D drawings of them, like, kind of overlay on top of the sprites in the background. And you just see a dialogue box on the bottom. It's like what Advance Wars does or Fire Emblem does. or Yeah, like, it's, it's like traditional, that. like, oh, you see, like, a giant drawing of yeah. them in front of them, like, kind of talking. You, you'll, you'll get some voiceover. Yeah, yeah. But usually, like, those are flat and it's expected. And obviously, like, that's kind of where you notice, like, whoa, like, they kind of drew them a lot bigger. 
But and the 3D. Yeah, and when you turn the 3D on, like they felt the need to put a 3D effect like on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know. It just that is kind of it seems unnecessary, but yeah, it just it just kind of seemed like a little. It was definitely over the top. But you know, that's a really good transition to the next game um, about raising a baby. Because yeah, so <laughs> so, that would eventually lead to a yeah, baby. So, so overall, like, I, I'd recommend Shantae just um, be aware that, like, don't be surprised when you turn the 3D on. It, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but it, just, it did make me it go. caught your eye. I think the fact that to bring attention to it, kind of like, usually, like, I didn't, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. There's games but... like Bayonetta where it's like, oh yeah, the character's super sexual and it's whatever. But I guess this one feels weird because it's like, it's not sexual. But then that's the that's like overly in your face, literally in three D in your face. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> it's it's way far trying to do their best dead or alive impression. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, oh, but you'd recommend it overall. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Now, for those who haven't gotten the three DS version and are interested, it is on sale on the eShop from now until sometime in January. I don't remember by how much though, but it is on sale. So now would be a good time to get. Hold on, I will tell you how much because I have it here somewhere. It is 25% off on the 3DS, or you can get the HD version on Wii U, which is brand new and not on sale. So that means it's 15 bucks. Yeah. So you have options. You have options yeah. to experience Shantae, the game, and the character model, <laughs> however you choose to do so. <laughs> well, you, you didn't make that creepy I, at all. I made it creepy on purpose. That was the joke. But no, it, it, I, I, I mean, it, I haven't seen it firsthand, but it does sound a little unnecessary and weird. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is a very good franchise, so. Yeah. But anyway, I love my little girl. This is the weirdest <laughs> transition. We went from that to raising a baby. Not, not, we skipped the middle not, not step. A statement. There are no games for the middle yeah. step. But so I was um that was perusing the eShop for Shantae. Um, that was um. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So you're looking for Shantae, and you ended up on this. How are they even related? Well, because since it was like a week or two after the game came out, it wasn't exactly on like. The oh, you're browsing. Okay. So I was just browsing, and then when I was just browsing, I came across these two games. I love my little girl, and I love my little boy, and I'm all like, "Huh, this is interesting." From the makers, like, I love my horse, and and I mean, I already knew about like Imagine Baby, so like I knew there were like these baby things, but and normally I would have just like ignored it, but I kind of just wanted to see like, oh, like, oh, I wonder if they made the game the babies realistic or not. And that's when I noticed they had a demo. And then I'm like, oh, well, of course I'm going to try it. I mean, why not? <laughs> and um, wherever you... So, I guess you're babysitting. Like, you can you get these two, like, I guess a couple. Hold on. Hold on. I love my little girl. It's not even your kid. Yeah. You're... So you're stealing someone else's child and calling it your own? So for my... <laughs> like, from what I've read based on the text a lot, like, I kind of skimmed a little bit through it because I just wanted to get to playing with the baby. But, um... Either you're a babysitter or you're one of the parents. Uh, one of the two babysitters or one of the two parents. I don't know, really know who they are, but they it's live... not like just a free love society where everyone's <laughs> kid is everyone else's. But whoever they are, they live in a very lovely home that's huge. <laughs> that has like, like their own little like their backyard is pretty much the ocean. Like, that's nice. like, like they have like their own little beach. They have their own little pool. It's like ridiculously huge. I mean, I guess it makes sense though that you. I guess for later levels, you have different places to interact with the baby. So, I was like, yeah, so I guess that makes sense. Anyway, so about the game, um, I have played Nintendog, so it is, that's probably the best way to describe it. It's like Nintendog, but with a human. But the baby is very cartoony, and I don't know, you could like hug it, you could, there's like a hug mode, and all you're doing is just petting it. And the bottom, you see the silhouette of the baby, and wherever you like touch with the stylus, that's where your hand is. And, like, if you rub its face, it'll start making crying noises. If you 
like tickle it or start laughing. But you know, you said it was a little girl. You call it her and she, not it. <laughs> you're acting like you're documenting an alien species. If you tickle it, it starts laughing. <laughs> like, well, it's a her. Well, In the game, it's a her. Yeah, but um, I know, I know. It's weird to describe it's a virtual a piece of thing. Software. I know, I know, I know. When I'm interacting with the software baby, <laughs> with the digital baby, um, digital babe. Well, anyway, yeah. So the demo allows you like to have a a technique <laughs> session with the digital baby, and that's a great word. A technique session with the digital baby, and then it also has another mini game where it lets you shower the digital baby, and, <laughs> and for a while, like. I thought, like, okay, um, like, how do I do this? Like, I guess, like, by default, it gives you the scrubber, and you just, like, soap up the baby. And, like, I just... <laughs> so I lathered up the digital baby. <laughs> I lathered up the digital baby. And I, I didn't know... <laughs> I guess it was a straight baby. All right. Best episode of our podcast ever. <laughs> Scrap the Shante theme. This episode is just babies. All right. I think I think uh, I think I compose them. People are like listening. It's like what's so funny. All right. So after you lather up the digital baby, you can um, rinse it, <laughs> rinse her, whatever. Go back to it. It does better. All right. You can rinse it with like <laughs> with water. You just squirt the water on her, <laughs> and then she's dry and like watering a flower. You know. Yeah, the weirdest part though is um, there is a, you could dress up the baby as well, and there's a ton of different options to pick from. Obviously, mm-hmm. like ninety percent of it is locked, so all you can do is um, leave her only in her diaper, or uh-huh. give her a little dress and panties. <laughs> <laughs> not pa- not panties, like little. Pa- we're, we're drifting back into Shante territory here. Stay awkward. <laughs> Little pants, yeah. Like when people say booties, don't they mean like little like boots? Yeah, they mean little those little things you put over your shoe, like the little cloth things you put over your shoes. So if you're visiting someone's home and they don't want you walking with your shoes, but they don't want you to take off your shoes, you have the little booties. Oh, okay. Well, you can. And you, wait, someone's gonna get this reference. You have the booties and you walk them everywhere. Someone get that reference, please, and tweet me and say you got it. Thank you. <laughs> so they yeah, can also give her little pants, but the weirdest part is you could change. Her hair color, though so I guess if you're babysitting her, you could dye the baby's hair. Because that's totally safe <laughs> to do with a real baby. Or you could also shave its head completely. Because that's totally safe <laughs> to do with a real baby. So, yeah, so, it's pretty much imagine. So, basically, Nintendogs with a baby, that's all you're saying. Yeah, basically. Right? But is it fun? How's the quality of it? Because you could have a really creepy looking digital baby or an adorable digital baby. I mean, baby. it was surprisingly entertaining because it was a digital baby. <laughs> also, we like, were talking about like, it. Like, I was kind of like wondering like the extent of interactivity you could do with it. Like, as far mm-hmm. as like when like, it said you could carry it, but it couldn't could it figure yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, you just put your DS in your pocket and walk away. And then you're no, so it's like, like, oh, like put the stylus under her armpit and like lift up, but that all that did was tickle her. So, not doing it right. Not a good parent. I, mean, I guess not. I mean, <laughs> I don't have a baby of my own, so that's I guess true, I don't have true. much experience. And you started to poke your real life baby with a stylus. I guess it's a digital baby. Yeah. And then um, you can't really seem to you don't really seem to lose points at all. Like just like as an experiment, I was trying to be mean to the baby. Mm-hmm. Like instead of like tickling it, like I tried just tapping it in the stomach to see like if it hit it, but it, it didn't do anything. It's like I hit the, they're not gonna <laughs> have child abuse in a video game. That's right. Like everyone. Well, I mean, but it would cry. But I, I assumed there would be like, like like oh the baby's displeased or something, but. 
No, it's just everything. Digital you do, baby is displeased. Everything you do have, has positive feedback, no matter what you do, even if the baby. Because they can't. Anything. There's no way they could get away with having a game for kids where you slap a baby. <laughs> I'm just saying, digital or, baby or not, doesn't matter how much you lathered up the baby. <laughs> the digital baby. You and it sneezes a lot because, like, yeah, because I guess I I don't know when to stop. So I just lathered everything just to make sure that everything was clean, like their face and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess it's the strangest I, I guess impressions I've ever heard given on this show. Well, I didn't really know how to give these impressions. No, this is great. Things. This is this is a good no, way to end 2014. So I guess you. if you're um, if you're an if, expecting parent, if you don't want a baby alive of your own, but you still want a child virgin, <laughs> that's I guess. not awful. If you don't want the baby to be alive, no, you know the the, the toy know. baby yeah. alive. Oh, I thought I totally misunderstood that. The, the toy baby alive, yeah, my yeah. baby so real, or I don't know yeah, what they're yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you, but you still want. Pet baby, I guess you could. Do, <laughs> you can do this if you don't want a real baby. Get a digital baby. How much it, is the game? I actually didn't see how much it costs. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's cheaper than raising a real child. <laughs> so. I'm sure. And, and also, this child taps out at like age three, so just and, and, and don't forget, it comes in mail. That's and, true. And horse. <laughs> and a horse. <laughs> so if you prefer horse babies over human babies, good news. So um, that was insane. Let's just start yeah, that's, there. That's that. Uh, so that that's really what we should end on. But we do have a game of the year picks. So um, we kind of broke them into three categories. There's no no transition here. Four we kind of broke them into three categories. We're gonna talk about our Wii U games of the year, our 3DS games of the year, our indie games of the year, and then Jose's gonna go crazy and talk about non Nintendo games because he can, because it's random Nintendo, not only Nintendo. So to start, uh, Wii U game of the year. I mean, it is the end of the year. It's a pretty good year for. I guess I should preface all of it. It was a good year for games. I think. Like, Wii U had its droughts, but when it was hitting, when the games were coming, they were great. I mean, if you think about it, pretty much every game on Wii U that Nintendo put out was actually really good. So it was kind of, at least for me, Wii U Game of the Year was kind of a tough choice. Um, I feel like, I mean, like, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was a great start to the year. Mar- uh, Bayonetta 2 was a super top-notch action game. Hyrule Warriors, I wouldn't quite rank as high, but I did there was find it way better for than everyone. I expected. It was a really good, yeah, it was a really good diversity. Yeah, fighter, racer, platformer, action. Um, we just don't have adventure. Whatever you call Hyrule Warriors. Ac- uh, action, fighter, ac- slash em, beat em up, slash em up, slash attack. Hyrule. Whatever it is. It's warrior theories. Pick. Yeah, <laughs> the warrior games. But, uh, I think, and the thing is, like, they were all really good, but I think the one game that really, like, kind of blew me away the most, personally, was probably Mario Kart 8. I know, I know, I didn't say Smash Bros. Go ahead and scoff and disgust, it's fine. But, yeah, I think, I think, I think Mario Kart 8's my game of the year. I don't know if it will end up being my most played Wii U game, period, that might go to Smash in the end. But Kart is just, like, it had such a more, like, initially, it, was, it had way more of a wow factor to me. Like, I was like, I don't know, like, Smash Bros. was like, oh yeah, this is Smash Bros., this is fun, but Mario Kart, like, what? Like, I think it just blew away my expectations a lot more than I anticipated. Because, like, I mean, the game looks absolutely gorgeous. The attention to detail in the animation is crazy. Smash Bros. does it too, but Mario Kart's, like, insane. The, it has a really good soundtrack of, like, this, like, big man swing, which I wasn't expecting it to be there. There's a great attention to detail. And more to the point, it's just super fun. The gameplay's, like, top-notch. With the exception of maybe the weird battle mode that isn't really battle mode, but it's kind of battle mode. I can't think of a single thing in Mario Kart 8 that I'm just like, this is dumb, or I don't like this. Like, it's just such a well-rounded package to me. And I think even the gravity gimmick, while when we first talked about the game, we both agreed was kind of a gimmick, like it wasn't really a thing. It still feels that it, way. It still does to some extent, but I kind of have, like, started to really like it. <laughs> like, I can't imagine, like, playing, like, older Mario Kart's like, oh, right, it's just flat. 
Like, I mean, granted, it is a gimmick. All that happens is the level spins around, but it's like, it just adds something to it, to me at least. And well, then, I mean, only, only because I feel like they didn't take it all the way. That's pretty... That's, right, yeah. right. They didn't have you literally driving upside down where everything's upside down or... Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think the other half of it for me with Mario Kart is the online component is just so tightly integrated and so well done. Like, not just online play, but Mario Kart TV is baked in every aspect of the game. You immediately have Mario Kart TV when you beat a race. You immediately can go look at anyone's race. As a corresponding website, it's just really... Well done, I think, and I think having to have DLCs on is awesome too because they're really exciting the life of the game and adding in new things and new tracks and new characters and new carts. And it's not that expensive either. I think just overall, it's, I just I find it to be a really well-rounded package. Smash is an awesome game too. I love a player Smash, and it looks great. But I don't know something about Mario Kart just like resonated a bit more with me. If that makes sense, it does seem like more of a Jason game. I, maybe because it's not as competitive in the same way that Smash is. No, not more Ma- of a casual Ma- no, Mario Ma- Ma- Kart could be. It could be competitive, but it not, be very competitive. not the same way that like Smash Bros. has tournaments. But then Smash Bros. can be played however you want to be played. So yeah, like that's why like Mario Kart could be played as competitively as Smash Bros. or any other game. Yeah, like the way me and Elvis play Mario Kart is pretty competitive. Like that's I, true. That's true. Mario Kart is the only game as Elvis would put it that would make him plop, pop a blood vessel. Wow, like, even more so than Smash. Well, because Mario Kart has a random element. That's yeah, because Mario Kart, you could be. That's what I'm saying. Where it's not as competitive, like, like, you like, could like, be. Like I've seen Nova's like Chris at the screen just because like he'll get hit by a random green shell that like didn't really seem to come from anywhere that just cost them the race. Right. Because yeah, I should, that's I should, just Mario Kart. I should Kart. Co- clarify the competitive. I didn't mean competitive with who you play. I mean like a competitive scene for it. Because like Mario Kart, there's always that element of randomness, which I think is something I like. Because it's just like I feel like I don't care about skills. Maybe because I don't have skills, but <laughs> I don't care about skills. So, like I like Mario Kart because there is that like. There's always that kind of up-in-the-air feel. Like, you never know you're safe until you get through that finish line. So even in the last couple of seconds, if you have a good lead, you're still kind of on edge. You're like, well, I keep the lead. And anyway. Oh, it depends. So, was, unless you're way ahead. I was but. playing with Ovis last night and um, another friend that's pretty good at Mario Kart. And I got Blue Shell twice, and I still got first place. Yeah, well, yeah. There's all, I mean, because you're awesome. Sure, mm-hmm. okay. But yeah, so I think Mario Kart slightly, for me, ekes out Smash Bros. as my Wii U game of the year. But they're both... Really, actually, all of Nintendo's games this year are really good, but Smash and Mario Kart were my top two for sure, with Kart winning. What about you? No, uh, well, I think I know the answer. It was actually yeah, with Smash Brothers. Yeah. You're trying to think of a game that I wouldn't expect. Like you're gonna be like, oh, it's the Pikmin short movies. It was a great five minutes to spend. Now, now that you bring that up, yeah, <laughs> it was very interactive. No, you press like, the play button. No, like like I said, like even though it's not here, he also would have said he also said Smash right, Brothers. Right, both of you. Yeah, pretty much for the same reason. Like it's the game that we've played the most. We just we've we've had the most fun. Like in the few minutes, like the small amount of time that we've played with it, that we've played with it compared to Mario Kart. I'm I feel like we've had much more fun, especially with um oh my god, like eight player smash. Oh, eight player smash is the best. Like one on one for glory. Just like it's having all those options, and then like just the fact that the game um even if you're not like trying to get all the I guess complete all the achievements, all the challenges, all the trophies. Mm-hmm. Like I guess because of the way me and Obis play, like there's always things to explore and things to learn. Like there's new like what we like what they call tech. Like that's there to discover. Right. So like even just like yesterday, like this new like Charizard like technique came out where you're sliding with the with the rock smashed. So mm-hmm. like oh now that's like how do I incorporate it into my game to like make it better and then you see improvement. So really it's the community that helps make it the top game for you. Yeah. Or the community and the, the community built around Smash Brothers. And then just um, I th- well, I, I, well, I guess like what I like about it most about any game is just well, 
X because of its genre of fighting game, it's just the one that's always like clicked more with me compared to Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, right. and all of those. Right. Because like you don't really have to memorize like a string of inputs. It's more improvisational than any other fighting game. Yeah. yeah. You kind of just like attack someone. Okay, now they're in this direction, but they could really be in any direction. You can mm-hmm. attack in this other direction. And that's why Smash Bros. doesn't really have combos. It has strings because someone could potentially dodge you, but if you predict predict them correctly, you will continue it. Mm-hmm. And Unlike Mario Kart, where I guess like you have different weight classes, but after you play for so long, I feel like it doesn't really matter what character or cart you pick at all, because you'll just adjust for a little bit and then that's it. Right. But in it's Smash not ever evolving in the same way that Smash. Yeah, but in Smash Brothers, like if I want to change my playstyle completely, I could just go to a different character that I find interesting, and then it becomes almost like a different game. Mm. Like when I'm playing as like, like I would say Ike is one of my better characters, but when I'm playing as him versus Bowser. Like, it definitely feels like a completely different experience. Like, and they're both, like, just as fun. Like, with Bowser, I feel like, oh, I could, like, just run up at someone and just, like, go crazy. But with Ike, I feel like I have to be much more defensive. And because he's so slow, like, every time I land a hit, it feels that much more rewarding because I landed that hit. Right. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Like, I played, I was playing against your amiibo, your level 50 amiibos right before you record. This is me versus, like, your four best. I used Lucina for one and did horrible, and I used Toon Link for the others, which is like one I'm used to, and suddenly did well. So it is a totally different experience. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I mean, it's not to say like Marco doesn't like have that, but um, it doesn't to the same extent. Yeah, like I mean, I, I guess it just feels more rewarding like to land a, a time final smash. I mean, a time smash attack than mm-hmm. it does to like throw a green shell and like hit someone. Right. Though sometimes like. It does feel really cool when, like, you throw a green shell, like, kind of, like, at a weird angle, like, intentionally trying to hit someone, and mm-hmm. it'll hit someone. But, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I see... It, it just depends on the type of person, I guess. And, yeah. And, and, I mean, and, they are very close to neck and neck for me. It's just Mario Kart just a little yeah, bit. I wonder if me getting it three days early. Yeah, no. and, and it's the same thing with Obis, like, because we all know, like, he's right. also a very competitive player. Like, he's, he's basically you in terms like, of game preferences. Yeah, but he's more into the competitive scene of fighting games in general. Like right, he's like right. he's actually good at Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and Marvel's Capcom and whatever. Right, right. Actually, any game he really touches. But, he's um, just a good gamer. Now, I, yeah. I I guess I should say I'm not like completely forgetting Smash Bros. I mean, on the 3DS side, for me at least, I think my 3DS game of the year. Even though this is gonna sound really weird, even though I prefer the Wii U version overall more, I think of the 3DS library this year, my game of the year is probably the 3DS Smash Bros. Simply because like. Uh, Okay, first, uh, let, me, let me say a few things. I really wish there was a C-Stick. I know the new 3DS will have it, but I really wish there was one now. Um, yeah, the multiplayer can be kind of laggy. Even local multiplayer is kind of laggy, which is weird. But it's crazy how much Sakurai and his developers were able to cram inside that 3DS cartridge. Like, I did not know a 3DS game could be quite that robust. Like, Smash Bros. just is a lot in a little cartridge for 3DS. Granted, again, I think I prefer the Wii U version more, but of the 3DS games, Mario Golf is maybe a close second, but Smash Bros. is definitely my game of the year. Because it's awesome that, like, they not only made the game so it, uh, it's, like, bite-sized playing, but it's, like, you could still string together many bite-sized sessions into a long one. Like, I was sitting on an airplane playing it the whole flight, and I could also just spend five minutes doing class because they tuned everything to be for portable, which is kind of nice. Like, it's definitely, like, an appetizer to the Wii U one. But the fact that, like, classic mode, it takes you literally five minutes and you're done, that's pretty nice. If you have five minutes here, five minutes there, if you're waiting for a bus, waiting for a plane, waiting for a train, waiting for a boat. Um, I think about waiting for a spaceship. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, like, this year was kind of a weird year for 3DS, actually, so that might be how it took the lead. But, like, there wasn't a ton. Mario Golf was good. 
What else? I mean, I mean, Bravely Default, I didn't play. Pokemon, I haven't played, or as I haven't played yet. Um, I just kind of a Phoenix versus Layton is probably your pick, I bet. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like it's kind of a slow year for 3ds. But Smash Bros. really kind of is like here's all a full Smash Bros. game shrunk down into a little handheld, and ignoring, like I said, ignoring the C stick, ignoring the cramps. It's just, it's just good. And it has enough replayability that you keep going back to it and you don't get tired of it. And yes, Smash Room's kind of a disappointment. But everything else was really good. Minus the C-Stick. So, yeah, I think that that's probably my 3DS pick. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, for me and Elvis, again, it was also Smash Brothers. It's just like no... No way it could be any other game. Yeah. On top of all the reasons I already said, this was also the game that pretty much cemented on us that... Um, Controller dependability is silly. No, it's not. I need my C stick. You don't understand. Especially like for that reason. I like a crack bean. I need my C stick. Like, Elvis and I like we do we did use the C stick like in in GameCube days or even like in Brawl days and even when we like left the GameCube controller because at the time we didn't know it was going to be supported. Like we still use the C stick on the controller Pro, the classic controller Pro. But then after the 3DS one, like we just got used to not using the C stick. Like we incorporated a game around it, and now it's. We I barely, never yeah. See, I just, I mean, I get the rhythm of doing, like... like even our other friend, like, we have... Oh, yeah, that other friend, Emerson, that I guess we had in that one... That we never posted. Oh, we didn't? Oh, well... Yeah. We had a vidbit. For those who paid close attention... Oh, that's right, because we... we had a Smash Bros. vidbit we were going to do. Because we had technical difficulties. Yeah. And then the sound was all messed up, so we couldn't do it. And we have yet to re-record it, but we remembered. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway... Well, him, like, he used to be all about GameCube controller, too. Like, even longer than Elvis and I was. But even now, like, after the 3DS one, he's fully converted to um, the Wii U controller pro. And even Elvis and Emerson, like, they'll, they'll choose to play on their 3DS. Like, when I... Oh, like, in the Wii U version? Yeah, like, like Elvis and I, like, we have this, um... Just for fun, like, we created this little matchup chart. Because we both, like, use about eight different characters competitively between sure. us. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, let's just see, like, how they stack up. And obviously I knew, like, the majority of the time Elvis would win. And I thought he was going to use a controller pro, like a Wii U controller pro for that, but he ended up using his 3DS. And as I was playing him, like, yeah, there was, like, no difference. Like, he would still, right. like, destroy me just as easily. I guess maybe I just need to adjust it, the lock of Because I still like the A and the control stick. Well, I just can't nail it. I mean, well. it's just psychological. I mean, it obviously, like, you could get used to anything. But, like I said, I think... The competitive scene for Melee is just so, um, not outspoken, but the the opposite of that. Um, Yeah. It's just so loud that everyone will believe, like, oh, GameCube is the way to go. GameCube is the way, but it it really... Nintendo believed it enough to make an adapter. And controllers. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, I guess it's nice that they did for those people that refused to go to it, or maybe for those people that never got a Wii or Wii U. Right. That only had a GameCube. Right. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you play with what you're used to, but... It's not the be-all, end-all. So. Right. And I should say about the 3S Smash Bros, because I was kind of like, yeah, I love it, right. but everything it transfers these... over. Yeah, like, what? And, and everything transfers over. Like, everything right. we're able to do on the 3S, we could do on the Wii, Wii. Wii. Yeah. But I, awesome. I, I should say, because I was like, yeah, it's great, it's so crammed and packed, but it has all these missing things I don't like. One thing I didn't even touch on that's really impressive is, A, there's a ton of good music in there, and B, oh, yeah. the fact that they got that, that game soundtrack. running... Yeah. The fact, that, <laughs> the fact that they got that game running at 60 frames per second... And there's still more coming. That's true, there's Mewtwo. Well, I mean, like, because there's also the Miiverse stage, and there's also... Right, but that's in the Wii U one, not the 3 No, yeah, but there's also, um... Tourney mode. There's also a few, like, hidden tracks that weren't even available anywhere that were clearly meant for the Miiverse stage. Yeah. Like, there's a Mario Paint remix, a Mii, an, an each 
a Wii Shop Channel remix. This is again cool. the Wii U version we're talking about. Just yeah. for people are confused. It's funny because I didn't even realize the Miiverse track wasn't there until I like like I was playing. I'm like, oh look at all these courses, all these uh, not tracks, all these uh, stages. stages they have. Oh, this is great. And then I was online. I saw a screenshot of the Miiverse stage. I'm like, whatever happened to that? And now I realize it just got delayed. But but what I was gonna say about 3ds is it's crazy they got that run at 60 frames per second in 3D. Granted, it's only the main fighters. All the assist trophies and backgrounds are 30 frames. But the fact that it's running that smoothly. With the limited processing power of the normal 3DS, not the new 3DS, is pretty impressive. Like that's a pretty big feat on its own. Yeah. Like the fact that they. I mean, it's that Smash Brothers. Like they. They had to. It feels like a Smash Brothers game. It doesn't feel like any. That's what's like, so crazy. Is it's like they literally took the GameCube or Wii Smash Bros and condensed it into a cartridge that's like the size of like your thumb print. Yeah, I mean the like only it's crazy. The only times it ever feels limiting is when you consider things that. As a like as a whole, like didn't get to make it in the game because of the 3ds. Yeah, but what got in was refined. Really obviously, well yeah. yeah, really well done. So, so those are our main Wii U and 3ds picks. Um, we seem to be in agreement on one and a little different on the other. Let's see how we stand on the indie game because the thing is, indie games aren't quite on a level playing field with the big guys. You can't say Smashers and Shovel Knight had were equal footing exactly. Granted, they could both be the same amount of fun. But I would argue that they could be different in terms of, like, exposure and in terms of how much money they can pour into a game, what they can make with what resources they have. No, no, makes so, sense. Yeah, so I kind of feel like, um, I kind of feel like my choice would be to keep them separate, which is why we did this, for anyone that's wondering. So, my indie game of the year, it was close. Again, I feel like I have two every time. So, I'm going with Shovel Knight. But I will say Armillo was also really good, and one thing I really liked about Armillo was that they basically made an N64 platform. They basically, the way that Shovel Knight's a throwback to NES days or that any of these retro games are throwbacks to the 2D world or the 2D time, uh, Armillo did that quite well for like an N64 era platformer. But yeah, it was also super unique because it had like the, like Sonic Dash and kind of super monkey ball levels and it was a really cool hybrid of stuff. But the game that, in terms of just like pure awesomeness, I would have to say Shovel Knight edges it out a little as my uh, indie game of the year. Because see about Shovel Knight, it's like Yacht Club Games basically somehow made a game that felt like if the NES era never ended, like if we never got new consoles and they kept just releasing things for the NES, but with modern enhancements like online or like, you know, that sort of thing, Shovel Knight feels like that's what that game would be. It doesn't feel like a throwback entirely. It also doesn't feel entirely like a modern game. It's like this weird in-between. It's drawing this line like super perfectly in that it has all these tributes to old games. It feels like Zelda 2 at times. It feels like Duck Hunt with its shovel move. It feels like Mega Man with the level, with the bosses and everything. And yet also it feels like Dark Souls because it has the, um, the, uh, Miiverse hint system on the gamepad. It has checkpoint. it has, um, sorry, not checkpoints. It doesn't really have game overs. It's just a checkpoint. You don't have to start the very beginning each time. Like, it's weird because it's old, but it's new, but it's new, but it's old. Like, they just did a really good job of kind of bringing together this, like, 80s mindset of gaming with this modern mindset. And they made a really good game in the process, too. It wasn't just like, oh, we have this brilliant idea of how to combine things. They did it and made an excellent game in its own right. So that is why Shovel Knight gets its pick. For me, I played it on Wii U. 3DS version's cool with the 3D, but Wii U, I think the hint system, I think you can is just awesome. Very Dark Souls. Yeah, and Nobles agreed with you. Oh, yeah, that's that right. Yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, it was Moon Chronicles, because I really wanted a first-person shooter. Right. On the That's very, it's kind of Metro-ish, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of, like, took me back a little to Metro Prime Hunters. I love that game, and this mm-hmm. game is really cool. Can't wait for the rest of the episodes. The atmosphere, yeah, the atmosphere was really cool. 
Um, just like the the frame rate just made the game look really really good. Even though like like we touched upon earlier, the upscaling just felt like like they just poured it over the 3ds version. Like the graphics right. weren't that great. Right, right. But they looked pretty with what they had. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, and what it is, it's pretty good. So. <laughs> it is what it is, and what it is, it's pretty good. Okay, yeah, that works. I mean, there's like much more to say, but then yeah. beyond that. But. Where where's Phoenix versus uh, Phoenix Wright versus Layton fall for you? Because I know you're a huge, huge Phoenix fan. I like, mean, huge. I mean, I love that game, but can't top it, it's, it's like when, well, no. If it was, if it was like a pure like Phoenix Wright game, it would have easily won. Because uh-huh. if like if Ace Attorney Five came out this year, like all of a sudden it would be they said Ace Attorney Five over Smash. Yeah, right? like just like how intense like that game gets, like the the story, the plot, like everything about it, like just gets us way more invested than any Smash Bros has so far. Sure. Yeah. But. I guess when you get half and half of each game, like, it's... It loses something? Yeah, like, it loses a little bit along the way, but... I do remember you saying when we talked about it back in whatever episode we talked about it, it's on Ramtown.com for those who want to hear it, that you were saying that's weird because they were, like, they weren't stitched together. It was almost, like, just switching back and forth. Yeah, it just... Yeah, it wasn't, like, a really a combination. You were really just yeah. taking turns playing each game. Which, I mean... Yeah, like, during the exploration parts, you're doing laden stuff. During right. the courtroom side, you're doing courtroom stuff. So, right, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's it's a really, really good game, but, I mean... Doesn't top Smash. It's kind of hard for anything to really beat Smash Brothers. Like, the only thing right. that could come close would be, like, a pure Phoenix game or Rhythm Heaven. Sure. And Rhythm Heaven, I don't think we're seeing anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. For those who for those who didn't notice, he actually lowered his head in disappointment. There is a Rhythm that. Heaven trophy in Well, you couldn't you. you're not in the room. For those who couldn't see it, so I should say. But, what was that? Nothing. There is a Rhythm Heaven trophy in the Wii U version. And so on Nintendo the 3D. remembers. And who? And, and on the 3DS version. Maybe too. the Chorus Men rumor will come true with DLC one day. Although it sounds unlikely. I mean, Sakurai has been saying that Smash Bros. for Wii U, they're not even going to balance anything beyond glitches. Yeah, beyond anything learned, which is fine. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that rules out DLC indirectly because that would require balancing. But who knows? But uh, yeah, so those are our picks of the year. Um, that I think. Oh. Oh, you have more well, to say? Well, Go ahead. Well, well, I mean, just like for those people. That oh, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry. You were gonna do the non-Nintendo games for those who venture out beyond the walls of Nintendo, which are most of you, I'm sure. Yeah, because I mean, sorry, I completely. As much forgot. as like all of a sudden I love Nintendo, there's still other games that like grab our attention. Not in my mind. I have no other systems. <laughs> but no, you you play a lot. So what what would you say is your like top game? Beyond. Well, I forgot mine. I had it right now on the top of my head. So for now. I'll just say Obasis. I know his for a fact was um, The Wolf Among Us. The Telltale game. Yeah, that's actually a game I introduced to him. He had no idea it existed a week ago. And then I told him, like, oh, it's um, we both love season one and two of The Walking Dead, which I also highly recommend. The game, not the show. Telltale's The Walking Dead. Like, yeah, I don't even watch the show. Like, it's the same thing with, like, Game of Thrones. I have no interest in the show. But the fact that Telltale made a game about it. Probably still won't make me play the game, but <laughs> it made me at least curious about it. Are you going to play uh, Minecraft Story Mode? Oh, yeah, of course. I love Minecraft and Telltale, so why wouldn't I? Fair. Um, well, anyway, so The Wolf Among Us it's, takes place in Fa- Fable Town. It's just pretty much um, a suburb in New York that's inhabited by fairy tale creatures. And it's just like a, it's a murder mystery. And just like Phoenix Wright, like, we love those kind of games. We love like those plot-heavy decision games, and... Like, the Wolf Among like, always just, like, loved the... He loved how it was more morality-based as opposed to just, like, oh, choose who lives and who dies and just see right. what happens. This was more... Everything was more gray. Like, you weren't really sure. 
It's like, okay, who do you want to arrest? This guy or this guy? Oh, if I let this guy go, then he will talk to this guy who will then mm-hmm. turn to do mm-hmm. this. And then there's like the whole, like, do you want the people to be afraid of you? Do you want them, like, to respect you? I don't know. It's like... There's a lot more ambiguity. Yeah, like, since the characters, since there weren't as many, like, crazy deaths as in The Walking Dead, like, the way you affect certain people, like, does linger on longer. Right. Because in Walking Dead, it's like, oh, I invested so much time in this person, now they're dead. And everything <laughs> right, else, right. like, it just doesn't matter anymore. Like, I could have been meaner to them. Yeah. But, it didn't matter because they were dead anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that so that was Elvis's pick, and my pick, which was also almost going to be Elvis's pick, was um, Binding of Isaac Rebirth. So they were both pretty, pretty neck and neck. But that game was also one of those games that Nintendo almost had. They might still almost have it. They have been teasing. Uh, the developers have been teasing things like showing a ten second clip of the game where you could see the Wii U home menu fade out real quick at the start, or like uh, referencing. Oh, it might still be coming. Like it might be happening. Well, they're mean teases. They are. But, um... They're doing it for, like, a year now. <laughs> but, who knows? Yeah, and, like, and, oh, yeah, we've definitely talked about that game before then, but just really quick, it's just a randomly generated dungeon shooter, is what we'll call it. It's like a super gory, action-y Zelda, like, top-down Zelda. Yeah. Like, you go from room to room. Like, there is, there is like, no puzzle solving. You're just killing all the enemies in the room and then proceeding to the next room. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, the hook is that... Every time you play, the bosses are different, the items that are generated are different, the combinations of weapons that you can get from those items are different. Mm-hmm. Like, you can get, like, in one run you may get tiers that split your tiers in four ways, so you shoot four, like, four different directions of tiers. Right. But then you might also get a little meteor that gets stuck on your head that changes the gravity, so it makes all your four tiers, like, re- like revolve around you. Mm-hmm. And there was another time that I got a, I got, like, a magnet telepathy and like split tiers and that made it so every time i hold the shoot button and i walk around like the tiers just stay in place hmm. and so as i'm walking around i'm just leaving like a bunch of like tier mines but then as soon as i let go of the shooting button um they all fly out in the direction i was looking so it, it almost felt like like you're like magneto like holding all like these right like metal balls in place and then at once just like releasing them all like that just cause chaos cool. I don't know, like, you could get a like, crazy combination. That's just, like, you always wonder, like, oh, well, what happened next? Like, and the difficulty is also really good. I mean, it's just that team meet yeah. um, touch, I guess. I yeah, for those wondering why it's not on Nintendo systems and haven't been keeping up, it has a lot of religious themes. The game is pretty much all religious themes. Yeah, Nintendo usually shies away from that, even to this day. So that's why, currently, it's not in the eShop. But it may be coming. It may be coming. But, okay, let me try that again. So those are our picks for games of the year, now that we've included your non-Nintendo ones. Uh, for me, non-Nintendo ones, here's the thing. Honestly, I don't play a ton of non-Nintendo systems. I don't even play my own Nintendo systems as much as I want to or should. And yet I keep recommending Jason. So he keeps telling good. me Walking Dead, he keeps telling me Wolf Among Us. Because they're on played, iOS. That's I how was, I play them. Right. I was super hooked on Super Hexagon on iOS for a while. I don't even know if that came out this year, though. But that's a fun one. Very Twitch gameplay, very quick to play. Yep. <laughs> but no, uh, so in terms of Nintendo stuff, though, I think I think we had some solid picks. I think it was a solid year for Nintendo overall. I think as a company, 2014, Nintendo did 2014 very well. I mean, from the start through the end, they had games for the fans. They had events for the fans. We, I mean, the Smash Bros. tournament at E3, that was insane. That was awesome. That Nintendo actually did that and did in the place where they host, like, major award shows, like the Grammys. Or, well, not the Grammys. Those are across the street. But they host, like, American Music Awards. And the Emmys, there we go. The Emmys, the town did their tournament at the home of the Emmys. Like, they brought in 2,000 fans to go watch this tournament for Smash Bros. Then a month later, they're at Comic-Con doing all sorts of crazy tournaments there where you got third place. 
in their Comic Con Smash tournament. Like, no, it was fourth. It was fourth? No. Or top four. But well, know. okay, you got fourth out of 200 or something. And like they, and then Nintendo's been, like this year Nintendo just was on point with all their stuff for fans and all their events and catering to fans and getting games out that fans want. Like it was a good year for Nintendo. Sales wise, maybe not. Performance wise, like in terms of how they did as a company for their fans, I, I would say it was an excellent year. And I'm looking forward to 2015 because presumably it's going to be just as good. I have a lot of big games. Hmm. Now, granted, not quite as big as Mario Kart and Smash in the same year. But a lot of recognizable franchises, and of course Zelda. So plus new stuff, Splatoon, Xenoblade. So yeah, twenty fifteen is probably gonna be a good year. Twenty fourteen is certainly a good year. We, of course, for all twenty fifteen, will be there every step of the way with episodes every two weeks, as we always do. So thanks for listening for this past year and for all the past three years. Um, our next episode is gonna be coming up on January eleventh, and we'll of course have the latest game news and impressions. Uh, not sure what games we'll talk about, but we'll find stuff. We still have to talk about Pokemon at some point. Yeah, maybe so maybe not. we'll talk about Auras. So yeah, you'll, you'll just have to tune in to find out what we're talking about. Easiest way to make sure you don't miss it is you can follow us on Twitter, at Nintendo. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you are doing that, it's the end of the year. Let us know how we did in 2014. Leave a review on iTunes. Share your thoughts on the show. Um, we will take any and all feedback seriously, unless you're criticizing our discussion of laddering up a digital baby, in which case, tough. We're using that for every clothing. episode from now. Or, or sha- what? Winter clothing. Or winter clothing. Or Shantae's... Uh, bosom, whatever it is we're talking, we're excluding those three topics. Everything's fair game, or you can leave a comment at rantown.com. We'd uh, love to hear you have to say on there too. Uh, you can also follow us individually if you're curious what we have to say about games or things in general. I've been harping about the interview back and forth for the past couple weeks. Um, I'm JSR7 on Twitter, Jose is Wero, W E R R O underscore O on Twitter. That's also where you could find him on Beaverse, same name, so you can find and follow him there. You can find me under Jason R. And again, that pretty much does it. So thanks for listening. Hope you had a good holiday and have an awesome new year. And we'll see you January 11th.